Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Mr. Podcast with Claude and Justin. Hello. Uh, so, ostensibly, today we're talking about True Blood. Um, season three in particular, uh, it's, they've aired four episodes so far that have all been pretty fantastic. Waiting for the waiting for the rim shot there. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Our rim shot guy needs to get paid more. To be Sorry, honest, he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't paying attention. But uh, yeah, um, so you know, I guess the last Mister Podcast was uh, well, according to our website, it was in two thousand nine. <laughs> that seems a little unbelievable to me, but uh, you know, it, uh, the internet doesn't lie. So true. Yeah, uh, uh, but I guess I guess recording Lost was probably the stuff we've been doing for the most part since our last what was it Battlestar Galactica podcast. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's the stuff we were doing in between seasons five and six. But I think the final season of Lost really uh, ate up our podcasting allotments. Yeah, you know, definitely. we we consistently did more than six seven hours for each episode. And it's just hard to do more than that, you know, when you've also got other stuff going on. Yeah. So I think that's why we didn't really bring it back. And I think also after we finished uh, the finale podcast, which was 35 hours roughly. uh, Well, no need to brag. (laughs) Yeah, some of you may have heard that. Uh, If not, go listen to it. Uh, Yeah, we dare Uh, you. And uh, Where could uh, they listen to it at? Oh, uh, well, uh, they can go to um, theloftlowdown.com, and it's it's there on the page. Or you can look up The Lost Lowdown at iTunes. It's on there as well. Subscribe uh, to our feed that, if you want. That, that was actually a trick question. No one wants to listen to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known, but whatever. Pointless plugs then. Um, so anyway, yeah. after after that long podcast, I think uh, mm-hmm. I think it was time for a little break. Uh, mm-hmm. That was really intense, the most podcasting I've ever done in a short period of time, and uh, uh, I think now I'm sort of refreshed and ready to talk about stuff again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not, uh, you know, I'm still not ready to go back to Lost. As much as I have the urge to just start rewatching all of it from the beginning, I also sort of want to forget things, I think, to a certain degree uh, and uh, refresh, refresh all that. So it's nice to uh, be podcasting again, but not about Lost. Uh, but it will be, we'll, we'll be shortly podcasting about it. Probably around the time the uh, the complete series comes out, um, which is I think next month, October twenty yeah. first. So August. Oh, that's what I meant. August twenty first, and um, so yeah. But uh, so True Blood this season. I mean, you know, season one was good. Season two was better. Uh, season three is off to a pretty awesome start. It's there's so much plot going on. It's it's sort of ridiculous. Uh, you know they've got they've got enough for two shows here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a a really uh, plot packed season, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I remember season two being a little slow at the beginning. You know, it took mm-hmm. it took a little bit for everything to get going, 
Yeah. Um, and I think they also had to take care of that Fellowship of the Sun subplot. You know, I remember that taking a while to work itself out. I didn't really know what the point of that was uh, for a while. That was, you know, that was probably, you know, because I feel like I still don't know what the point of that was. So <laughs> I feel like that was one of the lesser storylines in terms of what it ultimately ended up being. I mean, you know, the, the final sort of scene with that, well, yeah, I would say the final, the end of that was really, the you know, the confrontation in the church uh, and Godric reveals himself, and he says he doesn't want to hurt the people, and then the the Dallas vampires come in, and he makes them stop and all that, and then, you know, things kind of get resolved, but you don't really know what it was all about, and then they kind of have a little epilogue of, uh, you know, the sort of post-fellowship stuff with Godric actually killing himself and Suki right. watching, and then the the bombing of his, his little place there, and, um, yeah. you know, and all that stuff, but... Uh, yeah, the, that was probably one of the, in terms of writing, I just, you know, it, it seems pretty weak that they had this whole storyline about Godric being kidnapped by uh, vampire haters, and it turns out he turned himself over. But you never really got why, outside of this weird notion of uh, peace between the two, between right. humans and vampires. It just didn't make any sense that uh, he didn't... Um, think about the repercussions of uh, of his going missing like that and, and not saying, and not telling Eric, hey, buddy, I'm going to let them kidnap me. Don't come find me. And, right. You know, it, it was just weird, but. Yeah. But, you know, season two was way more about Marianne in the end and all that. And so all that stuff was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. And if, there, if there's anything that's uh, different or I think the biggest thing about this season is I don't think there's any characters that are as strong as Marianne was. No. By the way, I, spoiler alert, I don't know, should we say that at some point? You know, obviously, if you haven't seen True Bud, you probably don't want to listen to this podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, that goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, uh, you know, because we're yeah, this is spoiling things. Up to episode four of season three, everything is on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no one who is as as, as powerful as Marianne and explicitly in terms of, uh, you know, sheer power and ability, uh, but uh, and, and really in terms of character either. Uh, yeah. You know, there's but there's a lot of characters doing a lot of stuff. I think that's how they're making up for that. I agree, yeah. That's, you know. uh, that how is, do you... You sort of need, like, three or four characters to make up for one Marianne. How do you, how do you, how do you top a main ad? You know, yeah. you, really, you really can't. Yeah, that's unless that Dionysus himself is going to show up on the show. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you can top a main ad. Right. Yeah, which I was still holding out hope for up to the end. Yeah, I knew they weren't going <laughs> to. I did too, but somehow I thought maybe they would. Yeah. Still though, what they did was really crazy. It was really. And crazy. I still want to know what the fuck Hoyt's mom was talking about. When she said that uh, Marianne's going to be in for a surprise and all yeah. that. And, yeah. You know, I don't know. It's like I can kind of understand what she's talking about. I just don't know why she would say that. Yeah. Because that's... she shouldn't know what is going to happen in terms of obviously Marianne did get a big surprise. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean, though. You're yeah, right. I mean, they're they're telling us something, like, along the lines of what actually happens. But, but. Uh, but yeah, why does she know that? She's like mm-hmm. a zombied out, you know, 
Marianne uh, follower minion person at that point. Like technical title, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what to call that. What they had, it was weird. It was a little inconsistently portrayed what that was. It got weird. That episode when they went from being sort of mindless, just interested in uh, in violence and sex, yeah, and, pure uh, and, sort and of visceral like things. Yeah, yeah. It went from that to being like, well, they kind of have their old personality too. Yeah, you know that whole that whole sequence with um, when uh, what's his name? Not Hoyt. Uh, oh, uh, Jesse? No, uh, uh, Terry. Terry, yeah, when Terry becomes Terry, you know, and he starts leading the people, and he gets mm-hmm. all his military leadership stuff, and it was just weird. It, it worked in terms of they really needed someone to sort of do that kind of stuff in terms of, uh, you know, uh, giving giving that that group that gang of of Marianne followers some sort of direction, right, and and misdirection, you know, in terms of, you know, having a. Uh, um, uh, Sam escape and all that stuff, all the stuff that was going on. Like they kind of needed something like that, but it was just weird that the way they got it was by really giving the people sort of their their personalities back. Yeah. Um. And but yeah, at the same time, being you know following Marianne, and then and then the other thing that was weird about about that when when Jason pretends to be the God who comes and and oh, uh, you know all that stuff, which is like I, I love I love that setup, but. The idea that 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 they witnessed the God who comes and nobody thought to tell Marianne, hey, leader, you know, hey Marianne, the person we're following, you're the one who told us how great it is that the God who comes comes. Maybe right. you know he already came. You missed it. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, like they yeah. they were just they didn't really. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, they told her eventually. Yeah, right. after the fact, they were like, "Yeah, you just, you know, it's like the guy came. Waiting. Hey, it's, it like a, you know, it's like a kid waiting for Santa Claus to come on Christmas, and he wakes up, and his parents are have opened all the presents. And I was like, "Yeah, you missed Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. We just ate all the cookies with him. Yeah, <laughs> you yes. let us pick out what presents we wanted, and you know, like, yes, yeah, yeah." I, I, I did enjoy that that Jason bit with the uh, with the sticks and the gas mask and the flares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was the silliest scene on True Blood I think I've seen so far. It was pretty crazy. It was, it was a little bit like zombie movie esque. Like they 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 had mm-hmm. like the the group even though they got their personalities back, like they were kind of bumbling when they were hanging out yeah. at the bar. Like because they all went out. Okay, we'll go outside, and then they come yeah, back in. Yeah, they, they went outside just to come back in. <laughs> Like yeah, all right. We you know, it, it wasn't the best writing, but it was you know it's it's so good. But it yeah, was, they, yeah. They, it was contrived because they had to get certain people in certain places. But yeah, I thought it was a very good way to reveal Sam's ability, his shape shifting ability to to, uh, to Andy to Andy that and was uh, and uh, Jason. That was great. Yeah, I mean I enjoyed watching all that <laughs> stuff. It just. It just didn't. It it came together really straight. Like there was just a little bit of a sort of claiming kind of thing going on with it, where they didn't totally make clear how much of the original person is there. Mm-hmm. Still. Claiming in terms of lost. Yeah, in terms of lost. Yeah. Yeah, like that. I feel like they, you know, they pulled back on it a little bit to suit, you know, whatever they wanted to do with the story. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how like how much it controlled them or she was controlling them, 
You know, because like the, I remember the other scene that like I found a little weird was when uh, Ar- Arlene is it Arlene? Yeah, Arlene. Okay, you got me. You got me wanting to say Darlene. Yeah, now um, I know it's Arlene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Arlene and Terry surprised uh, Jason and Andy, uh, and uh, is it Jason and Andy? Yep. No, no, no. It's Lafayette and oh. Tara, I think, and. Lafayette gives them, offers them some drugs. Oh, the drugs, yeah. When right? they're, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, no, it's not Lafayette. It's Lafayette and Sookie. Oh, it's Lafayette and Sookie. Okay, 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 that's right. Go, yeah, they're God about to go it. to Sookie's house and confront Marianne, and then Arlene and Terry come down from the tree. Why they were sitting up in the tree, we'll never know. <laughs> I assume K I S S I N G, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. But they 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 come down from the tree and then and then Lafayette distracts them with the drugs, uh, which I don't know if they actually get because he throws them in the ground and they never pick them up. They just kind of like fall. In. I don't know what was going on. Well, but. he he starts like he starts like laying them on the ground like a breadcrumb trail or yeah, something. Yeah, to to get them away. Yeah. yeah, and like but the thing the thing that only thing that bothered me about it was at first Arlene's like, ooh, drugs. I don't do that. Like mm-hmm. that's lame or that's bad. Like basically, an Arlene response. Totally. And then Terry, the Terry response was like, "No, drugs are cool. These kids yeah. are cool, baby." And she's like, "Oh, okay." She's like, okay. I think he said, didn't he say something like it makes the sex better yes. or something? Yeah. And then so she was like, "Okay, I can." Since he's and then it goes back to a Marianne, a you know, follower response of exactly. Oh, okay, that's I like that. Then if that's it, what I want. Just, yeah. Yeah. But the fact that she had that tinge of. Oh mm-hmm. no, I don't want to do trucks. Like mm-hmm. that's that's really weird. It's so, but really, in terms, you know, what is writing? It's you, you know, it's conflict, right? And so that's that's a bit of conflict for her to say no and Terry to have to convince her. Yeah. But it it is weird that it's you know it's conflict coming from the Arlene character, not the sort of Arlene Arlene follower. Exactly. Character. Yeah, because yeah. it seems like it seems like her character as a follower of Marianne would be, I want to yeah. do the pleasurable thing. Yeah, and that's what's weird is it seems like drugs was such a specific thing that she has such a decided opinion on that it's, it, it went through to her core. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, but, uh, but killing people, you know, she's fine with that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, but somehow that's that, less yeah. of a deal. Yeah, drugs, you know, and, and, you know, if somebody was like, let's cheat on our taxes, she would be mm-hmm. like, oh, no way, Jose. I am not cheating on my taxes. Hold it there, buddy. Yeah. This far, no further. <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll tear someone's heart out, but I am not cheating Uncle Sam. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, if you, when you dig into details, there are problems. Nonetheless, on the whole, it was great, you know. I Spectacular. Mean, it, I was so much fun to watch the town just degenerate and yeah. basically become, you know, by the end, it's just the whole town is kind of under her sway, mm-hmm. you know, and she's trying to hold this ritual. And, we, you know, we find out a little bit about what Sookie can do. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just... Oh, the in, that was the ultimate hand in the face, right? Yeah. The ultimate talk of the hand. It was just insane. <laughs> no one has done a better talk of the hand than Sookie. <laughs> You're right. I never thought of that as a talk to the hand. It's but a yeah. talk to the hand, yeah. It was. It, 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 oh, I love that. That is so great. And then, yeah, then, then they built, Marianne built that meat tree. Uh, and then uh, Sookie, like, knocks that over with her powers. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And and Marianne's like, what are you? What are you? Yeah, she says that like five times. What are yeah. you? Yeah, and it's great because she never finds out. She never finds out. Nope. But she threw that out there, and uh, that's. I think that's still a question that, you know, I feel like I want to say, to bring it back to season three, that part of the interest in Suki might have to do with whatever she is. Well, it has to be. I mean, you know, and of course uh, – Eric has made numerous references to, you know, Sookie being uh, way more valuable and important than, you know, a regular human would be. And, and you don't, you don't, you never really know why exactly he thinks that if it's just her telepathy or if it's more that he's, he's, he's sensing or, or knows intrinsically that she is whatever she is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely something to do with what, what she, and I think that's been one of the, you know, True Blood has just made one of the reasons I love the show is they just make a lot of great, interesting choices. But obviously, you know, a lot of the stuff comes from the books. But I judge it as a TV show. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that the main character does have it, it, you know, starts out being a telepath, that's already interesting. You know, yeah. it's not that she's a normal human in a world of vampires. She's a you know a special human in a world of vampires and almost anything else you can think of, probably. Yeah. So they make all these really smart, interesting choices with, with uh, what they're doing. And, you know, on top of that, you've got this this mystery about what uh, Sookie really is, you know, and it's not just that she's a telepath. She's got something else going on, too. Right. And, uh, yeah, the show is just not, you know, True Blood is just not content to be another vampire story. It's not content to to just take what we know from Anne Rice and rehash it. You know, they they consistently show us new stuff that, you know, I've never seen before from from vampire stories uh, and, uh, and, you know, sort of like supernatural horror kind of stories. And uh, and that's what's cool. They, they, keep, they keep raising the bar and breaking barriers with, with, with their storytelling, and it's pretty rare to see, you know, that. And, uh, you know, I have to hand it to Alan Ball because I know he's, used to be to be to writing television like that from six feet under mm-hmm. you know but um and of course the other writers uh on the show but it's um got a lot of good stuff and season three you know season three is is off to a awesome start i don't really know where it's going exactly i can't imagine what the end of the season is gonna kind of look like yeah yeah me either but i think i think i had a similar thing in season two Mm-hmm. It really wasn't clear at this point, like episode four. I don't think it was clear where the season was going. Yeah, you know, but we'll probably know, you know, and like maybe four more episodes, we'll probably be able to tell mm-hmm. more about where the season's going. But at this point, the plot's going in so many directions; it's hard to tell what the what the big thing's going to be. Yeah. Um, all right, so you wanna you wanna sort of get into the episode discussion. So we're not gonna go scene by scene or anything like that. Um, you know, we're we're this is Mr. Podcast, so we're gonna play it faster and looser than uh, our Lost Lowdown Lost Podcast. Yeah. Uh, so if we get little details wrong or forget things, uh, you'll have to excuse us because we haven't prepared as much as we would have for a Lost Lowdown Podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not that but, level of uh, detail we're going into. Yeah, no, no. So, all right, so, you know, I, 
the first episode, I mean, we don't have to go episode by episode in terms of what we're going to talk about, but uh, but I, I will say, I, I overall, I thought the first two episodes were probably the best so far, uh, maybe because they have the most crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed seeing. Um, the stuff with Bill getting kidnapped by the by the werewolves at the beginning when they're in the car ride and I mean that was that's one of the first crazy scenes of the season. Uh, uh, yeah. You, you're just like, what am I watching? You know, you got these vampires, you know, uh, half naked, sucking on Bill's blood and getting off on it and and just being in, in sort of just insane and uh, and you're like, what? <laughs> what now? Right. You know. Yeah, that's not when when Bill got kidnapped at the end of season two. That's not really what I envisioned. Uh huh. I thought it was more. I thought it was going to be more like ruthless, slick professionals that were that kidnapped him. Yeah, exactly. Not this like weird group of. And that's I guess that's the big one of the big things this season is the werewolves. Yeah, it's it's introducing werewolves into the show and specifically this werewolf pack that is under the uh, leadership of the king of uh, Mississippi. Yes. Which is a special thing that we have found out by this point that obviously werewolves don't sort of follow around, you know, take vampires uh, as leaders, but, but this guy is giving him their blood. Right. Which makes them all the more dangerous and uh, powerful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're simultaneously telling us what the world of werewolves is like typically and showing us kind of a, you know, a, a, a deviation from that mm-hmm. uh, where we have the, the, the werewolves who kidnap Bill are part of this, like you said, this group that, that follows the king of Mississippi and, and does his bidding basically. And, and yeah. it looks like this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it seems like some werewolves didn't really know about it, or that or that it's growing or something. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it's it, it's growing, and it definitely seems like they didn't know that the king was was sort of leading this pack. They knew that the new pack had a different way of doing things, but uh, yeah, but the fact that they're the king's involved seems pretty pretty. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what they're showing us in this is a, a kind of a recruitment uh, scene where they mm-hmm. initiate the uh, – uh, it's, that, it's that guy's wife, right? Uh, or ex-wife wife or something. Ex-girlfriend, yeah. Ex-girlfriend, okay. Yeah, yeah, the ex-girlfriend of, of uh, – what's his name? Alcide. Alcide, thank you. I can't yeah. remember that. It's such a normal name. <laughs> I should be able to remember it more because it's so strange, but mm-hmm. – and they don't. It seems like they don't say it a lot, or maybe I just don't understand when they do. I look at that and I want to say Al outside. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what messes me up. Well, the e at the end might would make you think you say I instead of e. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Al seed. So anyway, yeah. Uh, Al seed's ex uh, girlfriend gets initiated into this group that's following this guy and and so she gets the little tattoo and uh we sort of see uh we see i think it also so it also shows the idea that they're they're you know they're actively uh bringing new people in Mm -hmm. 
And really, it's people who are either, you know, are already addicted to V or want the V. I mean, that's definitely yeah. the sort of, it's really a cult based on this drug, really. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, but it's uh, from 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 Alcide's uh, dialogue. It it comes across like it is. It's not typical for werewolves to want to do that. Yeah, he's got that big line. I guess in the fourth episode, uh, maybe the third, but I think in the fourth, where he says, uh, you know, vamp uh, werewolves have lived in Mississippi for two hundred years and no humans knew it. Yeah. You know, and now all of a sudden, you know, you got these new vampires. I mean, I'm sorry, these new werewolves who are sort of. Uh, you know, rocking the boat, as it were, in terms of their secrecy. Right. Right. So, yeah. I think I think the big thing um, about werewolves, uh, not the big thing, but a, a thing that I've noticed so far is that they they seem to be, they seem to be weaker than vampires. Uh, Definitely. Uh, and I think, you know, having them following a vampire just, you know, further uh, illustrates that. But but in the battles we see, uh, they, they just seem to be... Um, outmatched and i think you know I, I like i'm a little bit disappointed about that uh going back to season two like i thought it was great when bill tries to attack marianne and you know just starts like getting violently sick from biting mm-hmm. her you know so it's mm-hmm. like he can't he really can't do much to her yeah <laughs> you know he doesn't he doesn't have the uh he, he she's more powerful than he is yeah, yeah. I mean, the werewolves are basically. I mean, from from how they've depicted them, really, they are basically shapeshifters who only shapeshift into wolves. Yeah. Uh, which makes them sort of less interesting than shapeshifters. You know, right. they're less interesting than Sam and Sam's brother. You know, and I guess their their mother. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, it, it's to me, it's fine. You know, whatever level of power they have, so far they've been interesting characters, so it's fine. But it's true. Is, it is, you know, just in terms of objectively looking at the power structure, they definitely seem weaker, and uh, and I think that's another reason on a sort of character level for the for the, the these the, these pack the the pack uh, the pack uh, that's following the king is, um, you know, they're doing it because they get power, they get stronger from the yeah. from the V, so they that's another reason for them to follow this guy. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing that uh, True Blood has done that I haven't really seen with vampires before, which is the idea that vampire blood is a drug. That's yeah, and that was in season one that I thought was that was one of the first big things that I really liked about True Blood was this, the idea that not only is vampire blood a drug, but different, you know, different blood from different vampires are like strains of that drug, and they all and they have varying slightly different characteristics. Right. And of course, the older the vampire, the stronger it is. And so, I, you know, the, the, having that sort of fleshed out, pun intended, um, in terms of the drugs, uh, was was pretty interesting. Yeah, using using vampire blood as as a drug, and it's being that it actually has some sort of uh, effect and value in non vampires. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they, you know, there's hallucinations. There's certain uh you know it 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 sort of uh increases uh the uh, sex drive or something it kind of uh, it heals you can heal you it seems to heal you yeah it maybe makes you stronger it's it, it just has all sorts of and so it's interesting that there's like this black market you know they they introduced that in season 1 like you said mm-hmm. like the, of selling this stuff like someone has to get it from a vampire and yeah. i guess typically you have you know 
something like uh something like you know more like uh uh either either a vampire willingly uh surrendering their blood like the the guy that Lafayette was seeing or or you you have someone actually holding them against their will and you know yeah taking it from them which is what happens to bill this season you know uh because uh, there's a certain power that goes with it, you know. Someone has your blood that you get connected to that vampire. Yeah, and I think that's the other cool thing True Blood has is there's consequences to the blood, you know. Um, and I, and I guess it seems like if you if you obviously if you drink from them, you are connected to them. And I guess I'd have to I'd have to surmise that if you just drink a little bit, because if you get it and you're doing it like a drug then you're not going to be connected to that vampire because I, I feel like that's a little weird. But they haven't really shown that, you know, everyone who drank from a vampire, you know, everyone who got V from a vampire, like that, that vampire can sense them. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's true. But I feel like obviously they showed that if you drink from them directly and it's a lot, then they, they, you will be connected to them. Right. Well, I think, I mean, in Suki's case, I think she didn't even have a lot. Like, she specifically, you know, tried not to have any. And and it was just like a little got in, and that was enough. But maybe that's just because Eric is but old. Not only is he powerful, but she drank directly from him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think that has something to do with, with it. Uh, As opposed I mean, to... Vampires, vampire stuff in general, usually that, that, that I mean, you know, to make somebody a vampire, they have to drink from you and all that, you know. Yeah. So that that's usually connected. That sort of intimate kind of connection, bodily fluid transfer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it would just be weird to me if everyone who had a thimble, half of a thimble full, because remember, they, that's what they said in season one is, you know, the hit of V, you're supposed to have a very, very small amount anyway. Yes. And I feel like everyone who's done V in the world really shouldn't be connected to those vampires. That's just kind of weird. Cause then anyone who does V is susceptible to that vampire coming to kill them at some point, you know, right. if they can, if they can track them down and sense where they are, then it's like anyone who does V could just be killed by that vampire at some point for doing V. So that's story wise to me, that's not good, but yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That was the problem I originally had with the Sookie thing. I guess I don't understand, like, if you, you know, if a vampire cuts themselves, pours it into a glass and gives it to you versus you just drinking it from their vein, I don't really see why there should be a difference. I mean, it's the same stuff, you know. Well, I mean. Maybe you know, it's just so a freshness that, so thing. But. I think it's just a, a metaphysical, supernatural thing, explanation, like the same reason, you know, why does, you know, why do you have, does a vampire have to sleep with its, with with the with the person that's trying to turn, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know why. Why can't a vampire enter someone's house unless they invite them in? Right, I don't right. know. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's there's some things that are just that's just what it is. Okay. And it doesn't really have any sort of real answer in the real world. It's just that's how the story is. So I yeah. figured that that'd be the same explanation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll buy that. I think that works better. I mean, that was you know. Yeah. It would be ridiculous if everybody who's using it just had some connection to whatever random vampire. Yeah, exactly. That would just be uh, story-wise. That just muddles things. I think. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably right. I mean, the cases where they've actually shown it, it's been, it's been the direct uh, drinking going on. Mm -hmm. Which is my favorite kind of drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
And if they wanted to, I guess they could say it's like, you know, when it touches the air, it loses certain property. You know, they could have some mm-hmm. weird thing that sort of explains that. Yeah. Although, yeah, the house thing still bothers me. I, the what I, thing? The house thing, letting, letting you in. Oh, the let you in thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I accept it, and it's cool, but I just, I can never make it sort of, I can never you make know, logical sense of it. I think it's the same thing to me that, I mean, if you think about the vampire in general, why does it have blood yet it heart, it, you know, its heart doesn't beat? You know, like, why why is there blood? What is the blood doing, and how is it doing anything? You know, it's just kind of like... There's the creation of the vampire has some supernatural aspects to it that are just fundamental, and one of them happens to be this entering a house thing. Yeah, you know, it just it just you know, it's like cats not liking water or something. It's just some weird property that's intrinsic to it, and uh, and they have a couple of things like that. You know, the being allergic to silver. I mean, obviously something like that you could have some physical explanation yeah. for, but. Um, but since a vampire was just human, it's like, well, humans aren't allergic to silver. Why would a vampire be allergic to silver? Mm-hmm. There's there's changes. So you know, some things you can supernatural things you can give real world explanations to, and some things are just that's just a vampire, and that's all you got. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I it's, it doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, I guess I guess just because I think sometimes the show gives you a kind of down to earth explanation for some of the for some of the vampire things that mm-hmm. it just you know the the fact that they have true blood the name of the show like the synthesized blood stuff that they can drink mm-hmm. and that's good enough you know the fact that you can actually synthesize nutrients for them like that seems very scientific you know what they really yeah. need is the nutrition from the blood not blood per se yeah, you know, and like that makes sense. You know that whereas you could have a version of the story where they really need human blood. Period. You can't synthesize mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know. So that I guess that's why, like, I subject it to a little bit of scrutiny sometimes because I feel like the show's a little bit, you know, does that kind of realism thing a little bit. It, it tiptoes around. It goes. It crosses the line into realism when it when it wants to. Yeah, when it's convenient or something, but it definitely reserves the right to be all supernatural explanation. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, going back to Marianne, like she just she just kind of wished herself into being a main ad. Yeah. You know, I mean that's crazy. Yeah. Well, don't you know, Justin? Everything that exists will itself exist. Haven't you heard that before? I have heard that. A wise woman once said that, I think. <laughs> a wise Yahtzee playing woman? <laughs> yes. A wise Yahtzee playing woman who apparently needs some money. Mm-hmm. Oh, she needs money for her for Yahtzee, for her for Yahtzee, Yahtzee habit. The Yahtzee must continue. Do you know how much Yahtzee boards cost these days? <laughs> Is there it's even the, a board? It's in the tens of dollars. I don't know what Yahtzee is. <laughs> I think it's just dice and a scorecard. I don't think there is a board. There's no board? Where's the I don't dice? think so. Put the dice on the table? Yeah, I think you just roll oh. dice on a table and it's based well, on what you get. What does she need money for then? <laughs> Jeez. No, I agree. I mean, she she could definitely have a lifetime supply of Yahtzee materials. Yeah. If she wanted, without selling that much tea. 
Um, all right, so what cool stuff did you did you like so far this season? Like I said, there I, I mentioned some stuff in the first episode. Oh. I really I really enjoyed Bill. Uh, you know, after he after he uh, gets out, um, you know, gets freed from the werewolf captors in the car. Uh, you know he's 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 you know drained and injured, and so he goes to he goes to that old lady's house and and feeds from her and all that stuff. I thought that was a pretty cool little scene, you know. And and even though he sort of you know uses her, he he get he um, uh, glamours her into thinking her son came to visit and gave her money. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh that's nice, <laughs> you know. It's like oh Bill. Yeah, yeah. Your heart's not beating, but you still have one. <laughs> I I don't think I fully realized that vampire hearts don't beat. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, I think that all is part of the whole idea that that's that's why they're cold. You know. Mhm. That is weird that they have blood if their hearts don't beat. Mhm. I you you really have a point that I hadn't <laughs> even considered. Or, I guess Sorry, I didn't realize their hearts are beating, but yeah, that's uh, wow. Yeah, well, they're dead, so their heart's not going to beat. Okay. Because if your heart's beating and you're walking around and talking, I'm sorry, you're alive. I mean, here's the thing: they're quote unquote dead, but like, come on. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. Yeah, quote, but, yeah, dead in quotes. But by you know the way I would want to define alive, I think they're alive. Yeah, but I think that's why they're dead is because their heart their heart isn't beating and uh, they're okay. not age, they're not aging. Yeah, uh, and, right. Uh, stuff like that. But it's you know obviously they have men- their brains working to some degree. They have yeah. thoughts and feelings and memories. mental processes and yeah. memories. How that happens, I think, should just be supernatural unless their special, powerful vampire blood just keeps their brain running sort of indefinitely. You know, the the electric you know, the, the, the electrical stimulus the brain needs to run is somehow garnered from the blood or something, you might want to say. But mm-hmm. uh, but in general, yeah, I mean I think that's the big reason why they're dead is or considered dead I should say, is because their their heart their heart doesn't beat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, and I, and I really love the end of, uh, you know, the end of the end of episode one, bad blood and, and the next part in episode two, that they pick up on when Bill fights the werewolves and he's like, I should oh. warn you, I fed, <laughs> I fed recently. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you, we don't know at this point how well Bill is going to do against, uh, four or five werewolves. And, and the answer is, uh, sublimely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He rips yeah. those guys apart, literally, uh, literally rips some of them apart, and uh, it was an awesomely gruesome scene. And uh, but I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed seeing Bill tear into them. And uh, and of a, course, go okay. ahead. I was gonna say, of course, Captain Galt from uh, ah, from yeah. Lost. He plays he plays Cooter, the main uh, werewolf. Oh, he's pack. Cooter. He's Cooter. Yeah, God he's damn Cooter. it. I hate that name. Yeah, right. That's awful. Mm-hmm. I, I love that he's a—he's basically a dog man named Cooter. I was reading the synopsis, and they were talking about Cooter, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is Cooter?" Yeah, it's a couple times dog. they've called him—they've uh, called him Coot, I think. But uh, okay, that, okay. that's no better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really not. Um, I was just gonna say, I thought that was a great, like, week-long setup and punchline. The 
I have to warn you, I said, and then the next week, the, we don't see what happens. We see the aftermath. Yeah, exactly. We see the aftermath of, of the... He's just standing there, the and it's like bloody guys laying around, and mm-hmm. there's like legs off, and it's just like his blood, mouth is covered in blood. It was just, it was great little like, and here's what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, I, I really like that bit as well. And I, I, I saw a little behind-the-scenes thing on HBO.com with Alan Ball talking about his decision to use actual wolves for the werewolves and not try to do any CG stuff. And, I, you know, I, I like it. To me, it's fine. You know, I'm not like a, you know, werewolf fan to any super degree. You know, yeah. I don't know who is. I guess there are people. But Probably. I, I am totally fine with not having them transform into sort of like, you know, man werewolf versions. You know, I'm, I'm fine with it being really a shape-shifting ability. Uh, and they're just turning into animals. You know, they're not they're not a hybrid wolf man thing yeah. where you, where, you know, they're walking around six feet tall with, with a snout and claws or something. Right. I mean, I think to me that is a little bit scarier, but I think mm-hmm. I, I think I like the way they're doing it. It it, it works for me. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's less scary, but more realistic. And to me, yeah. that's, that's a good compromise. Exactly. Yeah, it feels it feels more in line with the way the show is. Mm-hmm. It would be weird if they had if they had sort of full like wolf people walking around. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the idea of werewolves. I there there aren't a lot of good werewolf movies out there. No. Um, but but I think I think the concept is is kind of cool and uh, maybe. Maybe no one's quite figured out how to make a really yeah. good movie out of it. I mean, I think I think in terms of good movies with with monsters, it's you know, it, it, vampires, then zombies, then werewolf, then Frankenstein, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you know, there's only so much yeah. you can do with Frankenstein. There's only so much you can do with with uh, werewolves, and I think you know, zombies is a pretty big field that you can do things with. And, yeah, and vampires, of course, is even a greater. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think there's a hierarchy for monsters. <laughs> Absolutely, Frankenstein is you know really specific. It's very specific. Yeah, it's, right? it's one, one thing. monster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it belongs. I mean, it's a classic like horror monster. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, there's something I think vampires just have a lot going for them and. The the thing about werewolves that I don't think they've made clear whether it has anything to do with the show. What am I trying to say? Like I haven't I haven't figured out if on the show the full moon has any effect on the werewolves at all. Mm-hmm. Like have they have they even addressed that? Well, you know, in this last episode, episode four, nine crimes. Is that what it was called? I don't know why. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we'll talk it's about that. Purely um, titled Nine Crimes. Uh, when they started turning at the end, mm-hmm. I thought it was because since they were all sort of seemingly involuntarily turning, at least Al Seed seems like he was involuntarily turning. Yeah, uh, I assumed it was. It might have to do with the full moon. That's what I was thinking too. But they yeah. didn't. It didn't seem like they made that clear. Like, well, it was. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, you only saw thirty seconds of that scene, and then that was yeah. over. Sookie basically has got to run out of there. But I feel like you know maybe she'll run out, and 
we see it's a full moon or something or, okay. you know, the full moon is starting. But it, there, there seemed to be some reason why they were all at once turning. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess because that's, you know, that's the big werewolf thing. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. like they would have to address it. I, I, I think they have to address it, and I almost feel like they have to stick to it. Yeah. It's like vampires not being able to be let into somebody's house right. until they invite them in. It's like that's such a part of the canon for that that group, that genre, that it's I, – I can't imagine them not – especially since it's such a – since they can turn whenever they want. Because right. I think some werewolf movies or stories are – they can only turn when it's a full moon. Right. But the fact that they can turn whenever they want – I think it's a fine compromise for them to also have to say, well, when it's a full moon, they have to turn, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they don't have a choice yeah, when it's a full a moon. They just have to stay that yeah. way. And it's all—it's kind of akin to the shapeshifters because they have to they, – they feel the need to shapeshift yeah. after a certain point of being being human. You know, you know, i got to go for a run. You know, they have to go be some other animal, usually their go-to animal, I guess. Right. And so it's kind of like that, really, too, where after a certain number of hours, they, they just feel the need to go do that. Yeah. Kind of like Odo. From That's what I was going to say. That's what it reminds yeah. me of is Odo yeah. sleeping in the bucket. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, uh, the shapeshifters are really cool. That's, that's something that isn't – I mean, there have been shapeshifters before, but it's not, it's not quite mythic like vampires and werewolves mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more, it's uh, it, it it seems like it's there's less like mythology to go with it, and so they can kind of just do what they want with the idea. Yeah. You know, it seems like they've gone with, as far as I can tell, shapeshifters can only change into animals. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to Odo, who could just change into whatever. He could do yeah, any sort of object or thing he saw, he could. He could turn into. Yeah, yeah. He would be a bag or something, you know, whatever, to sneak into some place, you know. But it doesn't look like Sam uh, or his family can do that. It looks like they have to, like, be some kind of living creature. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like they can turn into other people. Good point. Yeah, exactly. They haven't, that too. They haven't shown that either. Yeah. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. They took it that far. So, yeah, I it feel, seems like their, I mean, I, their abilities almost, are limited to a certain I want. I'd love for Sam to try at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. humans, are pe- humans are people, so yeah. I don't know how much more complex a human is than any of the other animals that they turn into yeah. physiologically. So, um, yeah. yeah, it seems like it could be possible. I doubt they want to have that as part of their story. But right. It seems like it could be possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if they could turn into a uh, chimpanzee or something, you know, they're mm-hmm. uh, well on their way. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, I mean, the the outcome seems really different, but like at a sort of genetic level, it's not not that big of a difference. Yeah. Or maybe they would they would they would uh, I don't know. Maybe they could they would explain it by saying like. What Sam looks like as a human is the human version of a shapeshifting, and oh, okay. you know, like like when you, I, I, I mean, I'm making up shit, of course, but you <laughs> well, know, maybe you know. It's, maybe it's like you know, if he's gonna turn into a pig, he's gonna turn into a certain kind of pig, and it's gonna always look like that or something yeah. versus versus some sort of variation between different you know kinds of pigs or something. So maybe they might say, well, 
if he's going to turn into a human, all he can do is what he looks like versus actually mimicking what Bill looks like or something like that. It seems like they already have that kind of idea. Like, Sam can only change into that kind of dog. Yeah. You know, and, like, the, his brother had a kind of dog he changed into as well. Exactly. You know, it seems like yeah. they, you're right. Like, they have, like, one one version of each animal they turn into. Now, if, a, you know, if, a, you know, a, a terror, you know, I guess, uh, you know, if some other kind of dog showed up, I, I feel like Sam should be able to turn into that as long as the imprint's on it, but uh, but they do kind of seem to make it sort of uh, isolated in terms of the different animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're saying pig reminded me of the whole pig thing from last season. Uh, Gotta get that pig. <laughs> Where's that pig at? You know, um, yeah, what's her name? The the uh, the uh, the officer, the black officer lady. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she she was lamenting in the last episode about Andy and that pig. You know, she brought yeah. that up again. I'm like, wow, that was a big deal, him talking about that pig. <laughs> he said pig. pig a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was a ridiculous subplot. But I think it turned out that the pig was her, like, butler servant guy. No, the pig was the girl. The pig was um, what's her name? Uh, uh, the girl. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was the my theory. Was... That's right. It was it was uh, not Darlene. Whatever that. Yeah, her Daphne. Daphne. It was yeah. The pig was Daphne. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. That makes more sense because she's actually a shapeshifter. I yeah, was going to say that raises so many her... questions about the butler, but it doesn't. That's not what. No, it no, no, no. The butler was just human uh, and apparently inferior. According <laughs> to Marianne, he just never learned that, Carl. God, that scene uh, was so weird when he got shot. When she like mm-hmm. holds her hand out and like the bullet deflects or something. Like yeah, that that I don't know. That was a weird scene. You know, Marianne willed herself into having all these crazy powers. It's pretty it's pretty insane. Uh, yeah. I mean, if that's not if she's not the epitome of the secret, I don't know what is, you know. Yeah. Are you you're familiar with the secret, right? No, but I agree. <laughs> she must be the epitome of it. You know the secret the the book, the philosophy about uh the law of attraction and it, it's sort of like a oh, sort okay. of self-help positive thinking philosophy that you know, what you want and what you continually think about will you attract in the universe. So if you, you know, want to be successful in a particular way or have this particular outcome, if you try to think, if you are asking the universe for it sort of in a general sense, then uh, the universe will give it to you. I see. So it's kind of it's kind of an application of that of saying, you know, she wants to be something and so she becomes that thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what she was. That's kind of what the queen was saying. Mhm. And I think I think, you know, whether the queen really knows anything or not, I think that's supposed to be the idea of what happens. Yeah. You're right that like she uh, you know, I don't know, had some kind of frustrated like existence in ancient Greece or something and uh, you know, decided to, hey, whatever, I'll go out in the woods and eat animals and <laughs> dance around and yeah because that makes sense right <laughs> the queen's explanation of the main ad was not great you know of just like 
hey, my <laughs> husband beats me and doesn't treat me that well. I'll just here's a cult where I can beat up stuff and kill stuff and eat stuff and worship the the living earth or something and and hey, she just kept saying and hey, what's that? You know, it's like yeah, all right. I guess that's what we're supposed to do as an audience: go hey, yeah, the next solution we can take right. All like right. somehow it's the next logical step. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like that idea just just as an isolated idea of of if you, it, you know, it, it has it has its, you know, its uh, connections to the Matrix, to Star Wars, mm-hmm. and the Force. You know, the, this whole idea of, of the power of the mind over, power of mind over matter, things like that, and of, of if you think about something enough or want it enough or you know, conjure this this will enough, it can actually bend, you know, or alter, uh, you know, the laws of the universe and things like that. I, I like that idea. It's cool. It's interesting, you know. Uh, but uh, but the way she explained sort of how you become a regular person and turn into a main ad was just, like, really not that great. But uh, I don't know how else you can explain, you know, that. But But basically the idea was, yeah, Someone tells you you can get power by killing stuff and eating it, and you believe it so much that it becomes true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so uh, the other crazy stuff this season that I liked, um, uh, I mean, that scene with uh, with Eric... Uh, speed screwing that one chick uh you know when like Suki comes downstairs and you see him you know having sex with that with the dancer girl mm-hmm. but he's doing it in like fast motion vampire stuff right. that was pretty uh shocking to see uh you don't really see that and by the way they intimate that he was having sex with her for six hours uh I just don't know how she could withstand that yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, and then she was dancing on stage later, and I'm just like, okay, this, is a, this is a fictional show, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Six hours. Yeah, um, yeah, there'd have to be some serious uh, problems with that. That would yeah. be uh, that's pushing the limits. So he's going at like super speed and six yeah. hours. Like that's gonna do tissue damage. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna have medical issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh I forgot about the six hour thing. I mean even yeah. just the super fast thing is kind of pushing it. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, woo. Pushing it, uh pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Not really, but I'll take it. Yeah. Um uh yeah, so yeah, that was that was that was quite a scene. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, you got anything else from that first episode or um, in general? Let me think. Uh, I don't know if I remember the first episode specifically enough to remember what was in it. Uh, it was good, though. I remember liking it. Mm-hmm. It was a good uh, kickoff for the season. Yeah, totally. I think uh I like the um Franklin character. Uh I think he gets introduced in that episode. Uh I, I gotta say, half of what makes him interesting is his voice to me. Oh yeah. It's just so insane. It's just like he's got that cool British thing going yep. on. 
Exactly. Yeah. I I would say for me, he he's the most he's probably the strongest uh villain this season. Mhm. Not in terms of like, you know, just sheer strength or something, but just in terms Character of the most was. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he's the closest to Marianne, I think this season, even though still not quite as strong as she was. Yeah. Uh, I also like the, is in the first episode, uh, you know, the queen still isn't, in terms of her acting and her character, I'm still not in love with her. Uh, she just, she's just an outlier from, like, everyone else in the show. Yeah. Uh, but but the one thing she's done that I love is that little quick shot of when, when Eric is talking to her in the bar and the magister, or magistrate, what's, I don't know what his title is, he he's just left, and you know she's telling Eric to push the the V and uh, to get rid of it basically. So he's got to make sure somebody sells all of it so they don't have it anymore. And and he he he's talking back to her, and she like jumps on him. You know she like flies on top of him and knocks him against the wall. And it's this weird awesome scream that they have in the soundtrack, and this cool little visual effect. And it was it was the best thing she's done so far. It was it was just so cool to see. Yeah. But I got to say, that's one of the things I, I – I don't want to say I don't like it, but it's just – because it's just sort of a matter-of-fact thing of the show and how they're telling their vampire story. But I, it's really frustrating to me that anyone who's older is automatically more powerful. And therefore, you you know, if you're Bill, you really can't say no to the king for various reasons, number one being he can just pull you up. He could rip you apart in yeah. a second. And, you know, it just basically means, you know, if you got there first, you know, if you became a vampire first chronologically, then you, you're you set up to be more powerful in the long run. Uh, and uh, so it just sucks that, you know, that people can't, you know, you can't just sort of uh, get out of situations by your wits or any, any other way. Mm-hmm. It's basically if a difference of opinion is going to come down to who's more powerful. Right. And that, that's going to be dictated mostly by who's older. And they never die, uh, at least not, you know, without being killed in specific ways. Yeah. So, you know, if if they happen to have been turned first, they are kind of automatically more powerful than most other vampires. Yeah, it's just like they, you know, they heard about it first. They showed up first. And now, yeah. you know, it's first come, first serve in terms of power. And they, yeah. and, you know, if you, if you were lucky enough to be turned and really born 2,000 years mm-hmm. ago and then turned then you are going to just be sort of always more powerful than anyone who came after you. And it's, it, it's, it's fine only to the degree that it indicates the need for different types of conflict resolution because, it, like I said, yeah. if there's a conflict and you can't solve it with words, it's going to come down to who's the most powerful. And it's, and it's not like in other situations where, you know, obviously that, that happens a lot where it's going to be a physical altercation, but, like, to, to solve a situation, that happens a lot in different stories but you know it, but, but there's no room to be sort of outwitted usually you know i mean we've seen yeah. that one time where uh marlena uh tried was holding bill in the hotel in dallas and he wouldn't let bill leave to go help sookie and you know he did outwit her at a certain point and knocked her over the head with that tv mm-hmm. you know so a couple times you can kind of get one over on them but in general you know you, if somebody's older and especially if they're your maker, that's another level of uh, yeah. of uh, unevenness, sort of. If they're your maker, even that's really going to be like you can't you can't defeat them. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can you can get little things past them. Mm-hmm. But in a direct confrontation, you just can't possibly win. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It makes it makes certain it makes certain conflicts not really matter. It 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 makes the issues different than they would be if they yeah. were all just humans. And especially since Bill is just so, you know, recently and, and so consistently always being held captive by someone else who's more powerful. Like, that's really yeah. the go-to storyline is someone's kidnapped him and hold yeah. him for X amount of time. It makes it like, well, he can't really do it. You know, when the king, when, the, when he shows up at the king's place, it's like, well, not only is the king sort of entitled over him, but he's also way more powerful, and so Bill can't really do anything but uh, yeah. but comply, or he can die, or he can comply. So right, you know. right. I mean, and his maker's there too. And then his maker's there too. So who's also more powerful than he is? So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's basically hopeless for him. You know, I mean, I think he's what he's doing. It, you know, it feels plausible that he thinks that's his only option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that whole thing about the king wants him to give up information about the queen of Louisiana, and in exchange, he's going to make him, I guess, sheriff of Area 2 or something like that of Mississippi. Um, and, you know, they did, a, I think, a really good job in in his motivation for agreeing to that deal uh, with that little flashback with his maker and, and Bill's uh, original wife in the whole lesson of you know, the only way you can show love to a human is by staying away from them. You know, so they had that little flashback to explain uh, his decision to, to stay away from Turkey. You know, so it's plausible that he's doing it because he realizes, and he tells her that on the phone, of course, too, when he breaks up with her over the phone that, uh, you know, look at your life when I'm, since I've been around you. and You you know, it's the classic, you know, person with power sort of syndrome, Spider-Man has that, you know, any of the big yeah. superheroes or people who have power, those, their loved ones around them are subject to the, uh, the repercussions of that. So, right. Nothing new there, but in terms of his, his, you know, I thought they did a good job in explaining why he would at least sort of tell us that he's, or tell the King that he's choosing to, uh, to stay away from Sookie. Right. Right. Yeah, that was that was such a lost moment for me, like the having a flashback that mm-hmm. illustrates this thing about Bill that they're gonna have him, you know, basically uh quote from now. You know, yeah. and, and, and <clears throat> you know, so he can say, Okay, you were right, you know. Yeah, totally. And yeah, she and yeah, she comes in right on cue and he's like, You're right, you taught me this lesson and it's like yeah. well, you can't say anything to that. She taught yeah. me that. You know, exactly. I usually, I usually, I've liked her character a couple times. You know, her, her in the flashback with Bill's wife, she was good. You know, uh, a couple of the early flashbacks with her were really obnoxious. Um, you know, she, she, she's hit or miss, and I don't know if it's the actress or the character, but she's hit or miss with me in terms of what it seems I like her in. But again, so much of her character is being whiny and needy. Yeah, in relation to ship the bill, so you know, sort of one note, and I guess I like her when she's doing something else. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I think that's probably, uh, 
the weakness of the character, but she definitely has a, a function. And I think for me, I think I've liked her better this season than previous seasons. Yeah. 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 So far I definitely liked her better. Uh, she has not been the big annoyance that she was before, but you know, so much of season two was like her keeping Bill in that hotel. Mm-hmm. Room. And it was just, that just was not that interesting at all. Please let me leave. You know, like how many times, can, you know, can you watch Bill beg to be let go? Yeah. 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 No, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. They had that, and then they basically had the queen hold him for a while. It was, mm-hmm. like you said. No, you can't leave. We have to play Yahtzee again. <laughs> you you say that. That's really what happened. <laughs> I say that like it's a joke, but yeah. it's funny because it's true. It really is. They really did play Yahtzee again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, and then Eric comes in, and then they play Yahtzee for a while. They play Yahtzee. That was so weird. All that all that Eric learned, you know, I should say all that we learned from what Eric visiting the Queen was what we already knew. Yeah. And I think there might have been one line or something about selling the V, maybe. But but in general, like you know, Bill was leaving when Eric showed up. If they weren't adversaries, they should have just shared information and yeah. saved, saved you know saved Eric some time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I really feel like the queen should be a better character. I I I agree. It it just seems like there's space there for a great character and, and Honestly, I I, w- I would wonder what the queen would be like as a character if if the Marlena actress was playing her. Yeah. Because she she has a quality about her that is that makes her seem like a vampire. Mm-hmm. She's got she's got a depth and she's got an attitude that really works for a vampire character that the queen does not have. Yeah, I you agree. Know? Uh, and I don't know. I, again, I don't like the queen. Just seems like it's the actress. It seems like mm-hmm. she's playing it like she's on Broadway. You know, <laughs> like that's that, to me. She's yeah. playing it like she's she's doing a stage play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I know that's right. I mean, I it's I think some of that's in the writing, but I I definitely think mm-hmm. that uh, the actor is is making it worse. Yeah, and I think you're right. There's I think I think the uh, what is her name? I should Marlena. know. Yeah. I think it's Marlena. I keep saying that. Okay, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not quite sure what her name was. Marlena's fine with me. Uh, I'll call her that. Uh, I think she has certain qualities that are a little bit similar to the, like she reminds me of the queen a little bit. I, I could definitely see her playing that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's Lorena. I, I kept saying Mar- oh, Lorena. Marlena. You said Marlena. Marlena. Okay, yeah. What Lorena. is it again? I already forgot. Lorena. Lorena. Okay, okay. Lorena. Lorena. I like Marlena. Yeah, right? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know after three seasons I should know what that character's name is. Um mm-hmm. but I'll just I'll just go ahead and confess that uh I I've only seen the episodes once. Uh, there's a few that I've seen more than once, but for the most part I've only seen them once and I haven't really spent a lot of time like reading, you know, True Bloodpedia or, 
you know, thinking a lot about the the various characters and plot line. Like, not like I did with Lost, so. Yeah. I, you know, there's basic facts about the show that, you know, if you're a big fan of True Blood, I, I might seem kind of lame on that. Sorry. That's that's just, you know. That's all right. I forgive you. That's just where I am on the on the show. I really like the show, but I just, I don't know. I There's only one Lost for me. Yeah, totally. And I just other shows I enjoy in a in a different way. Mm-hmm. Well, enjoying shows in a different way, that's true blood, all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a very it's got something Okay, so I have a couple questions from True Blood that maybe you can help me with. This is sort of like more lost style stuff. Um so uh I think it's in the second episode. There's a little uh there's a little bit with uh uh, with Jason and Andy, and they go like bust some meth lab guys or something, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like Jason sees this woman like I don't know running around a little ways away, and I, eventually I think he ends up like capturing, uh, catching one of the meth guys, right? And mm-hmm. and you know that's sort of the end of that bit. But uh, I, as far as I can tell, that hasn't got that the bit with the, him seeing the woman. There hasn't been really any. Have I missed the development on that? Like what what was that about? They have not done anything else okay. with that woman. <laughs> okay, good. I just so want to make I think sure something is going to happen. He sees her. I think something's going to happen with her. I think she came from the meth lab, you know? I mean, I think, you know, it was being raided, so people were sort of fleeing. So I assume she came from the meth lab. Um, When I saw her, anyway, something makes me think that she's a werewolf. I don't know why, but something makes me think she's a werewolf or has some other secret like that. Um, But uh, I don't think they've done anything with that storyline yet. The only stuff they've done since is, is more about Jason uh, sort of becoming a cop, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, just just as far as Jason goes, I think uh, uh, I'll just give you credit. We didn't do a podcast, but, you know, you basically call what happens in this most recent episode. The, the sher- it looks like the sheriff is retiring, um, which makes me wonder if that actor wanted off the show or if they just didn't have anything to do with his character anymore or whatever. I, I wonder exactly why that happens. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like uh, they're, they're making Andy the new sheriff. You called that. And, you know, Jason has this little subplot where he wants to be a cop because it's interesting. He he shot eggs, you know, at the end of the last season, and mm-hmm. uh, he's – He's feeling guilty about it. Like occasionally he'll he'll see people with bullet holes in their head, and it's sort of this weird flashback thing um, associated with that. And uh, so so he feels guilty about it. But at the same time, I guess that's the point he makes to Andy in in this episode that he's also he wants credit. He, if he's gonna feel guilty about it, he wants to at least get credit. <laughs> For, yeah, uh, it's it's for shooting weird, the bad guy basically. It's a weird reaction. He 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 shoots he shoots eggs for no great reason, uh, but he shoots him for you know from his perspective he thought that was a thing to do. Whatever. It kind of seems uh, like he just reacted. Like yeah, he, he of course wasn't thinking any. Re- I mean, he did yeah. what Jason does is he thinks before. I'm sorry, sorry, he reacts before he thinks. Right. I think and last season he said something like the time for thinking is over. The time for thinking. I was like, when did it start? <laughs> <laughs> when was your time? 
here, I got a piece of paper and a pencil. Let's chart out the era of your your time for thinking. When was that now? <laughs> you know, it's kind of that same sentiment with uh, that Andy says because uh, Jason says, uh, you know, uh, I've been thinking there should be an easier way, you know, for me to become a cop. And he's like, yeah, that's your problem. You're always looking for the easy way to do mm-hmm. things. You know, and that really is his problem. He's always yeah. looking for the shortcut. He doesn't want to do. He doesn't really want to put in the work. He wants to already be there. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's a little bit uh, dissatisfying in terms of his character. That uh, all the stuff he went through with the Fellowship of the Sun, coming out on the other end of that plot line, sort of seeming like he had learned something about thinking and and not being so easily easily duped into things and being so gullible. And you know, Suki had some comments about that. Uh, you, you thought he was going to get it a little bit, and he seems like he didn't sort of hold on to any of that information. All he seems to have learned from the Fellowship of the Sun stuff was the, the leadership and the uh, the butt-kicking attitude, you know, the mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, uh, law enforcement or, you know, right versus wrong type of uh, attitude or something. He, he's on that page, but, but in terms of thinking and, and being practical, and pragmatic, he, he he doesn't have that yet. Right. Yeah. 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 I it's uh, the way his brain works is very strange. Like it 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 feels like he he has these he has these little flashes of insight occasionally, but but he'll forget mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. You know, for for extended periods, and then maybe well, they'll but, come back eventually. But like. He he, yeah. he he doesn't he doesn't seem to learn very well. Yeah, he definitely does not seem to learn. Very, yeah, he does not learn lessons. Yeah, you know he's the kind of guy who you know keeps touching the stove and wondering if it's going to be hot the next time. <laughs> exactly, okay, it's hot now. If I touch it again, is it going to burn me? I don't know. I'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I I think you know. I, I think for me, uh, Jason has been a little bit less successful this season than in previous seasons. I think I liked him more, probably the most in season one, um, but I also liked his stuff in season two, like you said, the Fellowship of the Sun thing, where it seemed like he, you know, he found some kind of purpose as as a as some kind of like military figure or something like he had some kind of talent for that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it seemed like he was sort of a badass. Like he has that rescue bit, you know? Um, and then there's that whole paintball incident. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly thought, you know, I, you know, Suki has some sort of ability. She's a telepath and then she's got these other sort of abilities or whatever is going to lead to whatever they end up calling her or saying that she is. Um, you know, and I thought, well, maybe Jason has something like that too. And then the Fellowship of the Sun storyline, he seemed to have this, these sort of innate leadership abilities, and he seemed to, in these weird situations, figure out a really great way to handle them. And um, and I was thinking, okay, well, maybe that's his, you know, that's his, that's his power. Is he's this sort of, he's got these sort of leadership skills and these like uncanny abilities in certain situations, and. Uh, you know, they they haven't really been developing that, but I, I think this this cop thing is going to be interesting. I think they, you know, I think they they will get back to that whole idea of of whatever his skills are, whatever he's good at. 
you know, I think they'll show that some more. But, um, yeah, it definitely seemed like it's a, it was a thing that he, you know. I mean, the, the scene when, um, you know, Luke is trying to climb the fence. I mean, that was a great scene. You know, he couldn't get over and the mm-hmm. and the, uh, the drill sergeant guy was like, your family's dying over there. Mm-hmm. You know, your vampires are killing them. And then, you know, then, then Jason climbs up on the fence, helps him over and tells him, you know, hey, you saved your family. It's not too late. You yeah. know, so it's not only it's not only the the tactical part, physical part of getting over you know getting over an obstacle, but he he had the sort of insight to to say something on an emotional level to this guy, you know, uh, that was important, you know, which is what a military leader would want to do too. So that was cool. It's cool to see Jason be be good at something like that. Uh, you know, and then he then he storms the the church with the paintball gun, you know, and and shoots Newland in the head with the paintball gun. And luckily, there's vampires there to finish the storyline and be be the characters of power because all he had was a paintball gun, yeah. sort of captured, sort of. But uh, but yeah, I Jason Jason's a hit and miss sometimes too, but um, but he's he's. Yeah, he's he's something else. He's he's like Joey from Friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, I think you're right. That's what he is. That's the kind of character he is. That's why it's weird. I think I think the actor who plays him is really good uh, because there's something there's something compelling about the character that even though he is Joey, somehow there somehow he seems more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like there's more to him than than Joey. Yeah. You know, uh, even though, even though it's very obscured by, you know, being like Joey so much. I, mm-hmm. I, I also liked the bit at the end of season two with him and Andy. Too. I mean, it turned in the end, it turned into sort of nothing, but I liked the build up. you know, that with him getting together, going down to the PlayStation, mm-hmm. getting the guns and like, you know, the, the bit we talked about with, you know, pretending to be the God that comes and, you know, yeah. I, I thought all that stuff was really, really nicely done. And, uh, you know, it really showed him sort of trying to see. I think that was sort of him kind of applying what he learned. Yeah, and I, I really like the scene with him and Andy. You know, when they're about to go storm Marianne's house, or really Sookie's house, but where Marianne is, and and they have that sort of heart to heart about their differences. You know, Andy's like, I, you know, I basically don't like you because I think you've had it all too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then you get to actually hear, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jason say the opposite of why yeah. he had a hard life, you know, and and even down to, you know, he he's you know, he's he's in really good shape, but he works to be in that right. shape. You know, it's not like he just wakes out rolls out of bed and doesn't have to do anything. So, right. so it was kinda nice to get you know, usually characters who play the dumb parts don't get that much depth and don't get a, an opportunity to sort of talk about something real about themselves. You know, Joey never says like well, you know, everyone always thinks I'm a dumb person, and and when you know when I was growing up, people made fun of me because they said I was, you know, you know, you never get right. any really sort of thing like that. Yes, uh, yes, no, you're right. That scene was a great scene uh, because Jason actually comes across as convincing that he didn't have it easy. Yeah, you know, it actually. And works. if you think about it, yeah, I mean, he has it. You know, I know. I mean, he and Sookie aren't rich. 
you know, like their grandmother gets killed, you know, by a murderer that, that he was friends, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you think about what you've even just seen on the show, he has not had it easy. It's, it's just perfect because on the surface, it seems like Andy's right. Mm-hmm. And then and then you actually look at the situation closely, and it's like, no, actually he's wrong. And, and, and Jason yeah. himself realizes it, yeah. you know, makes a good case for himself. So, yeah, that was, that was a very good scene, definitely. Yeah, and it's cool to see Andy and Jason start to become friends. That was mm-hmm. a good scene for that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it gave him uh, somebody, somebody else to bounce off of, and uh, uh, I guess that's what they're continuing this season, basically. Totally. Um, I don't know where this cop thing's going. I guess, I guess really just what I'm getting at is it feels like the center of gravity for the show has moved away from him. You know. Yeah, if, I if, think he was he was more plugged into the main storylines, and it's he's getting he's off to the side a bit. But there's so much going on. He ha- people have to move around. Yeah. No, but it just it feels like he's heading in like Arlene territory. <laughs> Mm. Where he's just kind of on the outskirts of the main plots. Yeah. You know, and, and not really. Whereas Arlene, you know, had a central role in season one where, spoiler alert, you know, her husband was the killer. You know, now mm-hmm. now it just feels like she's just kind of there. You know, I, I think it was in, uh, in the first or second episode this season when, when uh, I guess it should have been the first one where, She's talking to the police about eggs getting shot, and Tara's in the background with Lafayette, and 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 uh, and Arlene was like, you know, was basically saying, you know, eggs was the killer, and 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 Tara fell in love with the killer, and but then she was like, you know, who hasn't done that, you know, before? She made some line like that, and it was like she's she's trying to, and then of course after that, Tara gets really pissed off at her and calls her a racist. Mm-hmm. But but she's actually sort of sympathizing with her, saying, "Hey, I fell in love with the serial killer. I can understand, you know, the situation you're in." So it was really it was an interesting little part where she was actually trying to uh, sort of be nice or something and, and sympathize with Tara's predicament. But it it sort of backfires somehow. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Arlene's had some issues, and now now I guess the idea is the baby that she's pregnant with is not Terry's, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Renee. Renee. Renee's. Yeah, that's. You know. I think that's where they're going with that. There, it looks like they're drawing that out a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and they bought her some time by having her just tell Terry, "Oh no, no, it's yours." Yeah, you know, I that's one of the things I don't like in stories, and I don't know if it's because I'm a guy. I don't I don't know what it is, or just pure objective morality. That's one of the things I really don't like is when somebody tricks someone or or deceives someone about their their parenthood or their you know being being somebody's father or something. That just really bugs me. <laughs> that you know that she basically tells Terry that this is her kid, this is his kid. Yeah. You know, because it should to me that's just that's just a line you you cro- you shouldn't cross because it's such a it's such a big important thing you know and, and to think some kid is yours and and if you, when you ever find out it's not that's just that's no good Arlene but uh, you know I've seen that in other things where people sort of uh, you know and I guess you know some people don't really care you know there's some other show I was watching where the guy found out it wasn't his kid and he didn't really care he was like I'll raise it anyway but right that's just a thing to me that 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 you know lie about adultery lie about murder 
lie about some other stuff. But don't lie that that, that that's your kid, you know, that, that, that you're some guy's not the father or something. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, it's one thing to know and not care. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it a secret, yeah, obviously that's not the right thing to do, but yeah. it basically bought them some time to, you know, before they, because they really didn't totally tell us. I mean, I think that's what it is, because we don't know anybody else who could potentially, who it could potentially be, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's pretty recent, you know, so it really shouldn't go further back than Renee, and, and there hadn't been anybody else. So I, I guess that's where they're going with it. It's weird, though, to bring, you know, bring something like that back in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really know what the point of that is. I mean, maybe it's just drama with her and Terry. I don't know. But she's going to have a serial killer baby. Well, there's that. <laughs> there's that. But, like, it almost doesn't matter in a way. I mean, beyond the drama between her and Terry, like, you know, Renee was just mm-hmm. Renee. I mean, he's just a guy. I mean, it's just going to be a baby. I mean, it's not, you know what I mean? There's no, like, unless crazy thing that's going to happen. Unless the baby's going to have his spirit. <laughs> okay. He's going to be he's gonna be reincarnated through that baby. If they did Aren't that. Aren't you scared? Aren't you scared of that? <laughs> I, that never even occurred to me. <laughs> What show are you watching? <sighs> yeah, that was so weird. He invented that persona and I'll never forget when they when they originally did that reveal, I didn't even recognize him. I think he didn't have the beard or something. Mm-hmm. And and they show his picture at the end of the episode and I did not know who it was. I remember that. Yeah, the facts. They facts yeah, the facts thing. Who's that supposed to be? Yeah, like, oh, it's the guy. It's some guy we don't know. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty sad. Not one of my best hey, moments in TV viewing. Here's a question I wonder if you know the answer to. Do you, do you know what Pam's last name is? She's got a last name? Yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't have known this, but I'm reading it, and it's, it's an interesting last name. Uh, I don't. It's Ravenscroft. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Ravenscroft. Croft, yes, with an yes. O. With an O, Ravenscroft. It's Ravenscroft. Just, you know, if your name starts with Raven, you, you've got an interesting last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, it sounds like the British version of Ravenscroft. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know. I, do we know anything about I don't, Pam? Like, I really well, don't, we know, don't know, like, what her history we definitely, Yeah, we don't really. I, you know, I love Pam as a character, and so much of it is the actress. It has to be, because we don't know that much about her character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, but yeah, we don't, we don't really, we haven't really found out that much about her. Uh, and that's another thing I did like about this season that they've shown so far is the the flashback that they had with Godric and Eric in World War mm-hmm. II Germany and uh, tracking down the werewolves and all that. So hopefully we'll see some more of that because, I mean, Eric and Godric hanging out in, <laughs> in World War II, I'll watch a whole show about that, <laughs> you know, yeah. tracking down vampire, uh, werewolves and stuff like that. I, that's a whole show, Cause especially because I, I feel like we didn't get enough Godric. He was interesting. Yes. I think half of what we got was, like, okay, you know, his sort of, like, listful meanderings of life and, mm-hmm. and his play. It was just like, yeah, I want to see the cool Godric when you were, like, killing people and turning people and, you know, 
So I definitely was excited when they when they had a flashback, and it's a, it's a cool way to get more Godric stuff. I really liked the contemplative Godric. Uh, I think uh, my biggest problem was it seemed like he it seemed like he had this great ambition to you know unite humans and vampires and just gave up you know uh, and just kind of fades away into nothingness. Like it, it was just it was really disappointing that he had yeah. this like grand idea of the way things should be and just completely does not succeed in any way at all. Yeah, it seems like he he picked the wrong test subjects for his philosophy. He picked people who, because the, the Fellowship of the Sun wasn't about, uh, we we don't like vampires as much as, as, to the extent that we disagree with them. You know, it was like, no, we hate them, and there's nothing they can do. You know, they're anathema to our religion. There's nothing they can do or say that will change that. And I don't think he thought that through. You know, I think there's probably other vampire haters in the world that he could uh, reason with, uh, but uh, but it was not Reverend Newland uh, and uh, or Newley Newland. Newland. Uh, yeah, and it was like yeah, he he gave up. He was like, this is this will be the people I will try to convince that we can be allies with. But uh, and then of course that wasn't going to happen with that with that group and he he de- yeah that's the, I mean I didn't mind the 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 lessons that he learned of life and stuff like that like it was interesting but at the same time it it wasn't the the best stuff for Godric to me was the flashback with, when he turned uh, Eric and that kind of stuff the like you know Godric being powerful and doing cool stuff you know I want to see I want to see more of that because the, the you know. I want to see him before he figured out whatever grand idea he had about life, you know. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I like. I like the. I like the lessons learned, Godric. I just wanted more of that, but I'll take whatever they give us. I mean, uh, Godric in the old days is cool too. I think they again kind of pulled a loss, bringing back a dead character with a flashback, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Uh, I really didn't think we'd see Godric again. Yeah. I was surprised when they threw him out there uh, in that flashback. And I think, you know, explaining what's going on in those flashbacks is part of the story this season. Yeah. You know, because I think think they're kind of paralleling whatever they were doing, you know, in the past with what's going on now with the Mm -hmm. the werewolves and this group. Well, hopefully there's more of that because the main point of that scene was Eric and Godric trying to find out who the werewolf uh, leader was, the leader of that pack, and we sort of know that the leader of the pack is the king. So I don't know. They could be done with that. I hope they're not. I hope there's more that that we can more story there. But but I guess my point is, if if it was just that idea of who is the leader, we know that now. So they might not need to go back to it. But hopefully, there's other stuff they're going to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to do more with it. I feel like they're going to tell us. I feel like they're going to tell us something more from those days. I would. I would guess we'll see. I want to say we'll get maybe a better idea of what was going on in the past with this group. Mm-hmm. You know, like what were they up to there? Because I think they really haven't made that clear. I mean, we don't know what they're up to now. Yeah. So I. But I feel like that. That'll be sort of what we'll find out. Like. 
both like what they're doing now and what they were, what they have been doing, you know, sort of like the history of this group. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm expecting. I don't know if we'll get yeah. that. Well, I think that, you know, they're only going to show flashbacks that are relevant to the current plot. You know, I mean, that's what they've been doing usually. So yeah, as long as it's, you know, something to do with the current plot, then I think there's, their right to show some flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it will. I think there will be a connection. Uh, all right. So what other stuff? Um, oh, uh, I have another question. Uh, so I think we learned in this episode that the uh, queen – uh, was having the V sold uh, because she wanted money because she's being taxed now and she wants to maintain her queenly estate or something uh, like mm-hmm. that. So so that's why she was doing it. Okay, you know, that was a question I had for a while uh, that I didn't think they would even answer, and they did. Um, so there's that. Uh, but what I didn't understand, so the magister... Uh, guy shows up and I guess like you know ties up uh, Pam and tortures her and and then Eric comes in and uh, you know they they have this little discussion about um, who's responsible like I, I, I had to like I got a little confused about what exactly was going on in that scene um, uh, so uh, like it's actually the queen but the magister like throws out like you can you can either uh commit treason or something else and then uh and then Eric blames it on Bill somehow like so, I really, yeah, so what, I got totally what, lost in that yeah, little bit. what seemed to happen was you know the magister and his men come come into Fantasia and they find the V which means okay somebody there selling the Obviously, that's illegal for vampires, and and I get the idea is that the queen put Eric up to selling it. So the magister was like, "Well, you can sell out your queen, which will be treason. You know, it's I guess it's treason to basically sell out your master or your uh, you know whoever your supervisor even if is. they're responsible for selling vampire blood. I mean, like how ridiculous is a political system where your leaders can do these atrocious things and it's just treason to report them. And so, so you let someone who's not responsible go down for it. Like that's just, you say this, you say this like you don't live in America. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that was coming. God damn it. <laughs> I, it just, it just feels ridiculous to me to say, well, it's treason if you turn her in. Well, she's, she's selling vampire blood. That's bad. Like why, why is she allowed to do that? Cause she's the queen. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's weird. Like, shouldn't they have some? If they're gonna punish somebody, like, why even go through the show? If it's if it's her who's doing it, well, I guess she's allowed to do it because she's the queen. So let's move on. Like, why even go through the the you know the uh, 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 the motions of punishing somebody that you know isn't responsible? What do you mean? You mean? Why pun it? What do you mean? Who's the somebody? You mean why well, would the magister punish Eric? 
Are you? What are you saying? I, I didn't catch what you're saying. Well, the the idea seems to be, you know, if Eric says the queen did it, that's going to be treason. So he has to say that somebody else is responsible. And I guess he says Bill is responsible somehow. Yeah, he basically he says Bill hasn't been, you know, has been missing for a while, and he he, he alludes or directly says that hey, maybe since Bill's missing. Maybe he's the one who's responsible for this. To me, it doesn't explain why the V is in Fantasia, yeah. which is Eric's place. Right. Uh, so it, it, it's not, to me, a great answer. Uh, I, I really feel like they're just trying to somehow buy time or something. But they, I agree that the treason explanation is weird. Uh, it, when they said it, it made sense that, you know, to, to the degree that it seems like you shouldn't, uh, sell out your ma- your master, but um, you know, I you know, I don't know what else he should do. I mean, if say for instance he didn't get caught and he came to the master and said, "Hey, the queen is making me sell V," like I, I don't know if that would have been better or something. I you know, I mean, it's sort of the same thing, but it's uh, so I don't really know. It, it got a bit muddled. Anytime things get muddled, I think uh, contrivance rears its ugly head. <laughs> So again, um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought we were done know. with contrivance. Can I? Should I say deleted scene? I don't know if that's, <laughs> that applies. Why here. not? <laughs> Throw that into. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. So yeah, it's okay. a bit weird. I really think they're. Just, I really think Eric only blamed Bill to buy time. Okay. Because because the magister set him up between a rock and a hard place by saying you can't you know you can't just sell out the queen and be done with it. Right, right. But it's like if the queen did it, you know, which it, it seems like the magister like has some sense that that might actually be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, like what are you supposed to do? Like it just seems ridiculous. Like okay, if you turn her in, that's treason. Well. But you have to, like, someone has to go down for So we'll just kind of, we'll just say somebody did it and then call it a day. Like, it just, the whole thing seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, 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 I just don't understand a political structure that works like that. Yeah. Welcome to America. I mean, <laughs> true blood. Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> I mean... <laughs> You know, say what you will about the American political system, and I know okay, you will. Oh, I will. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Number one. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll have plenty of time to do that. Um, uh, there is in place, you know, uh, a uh, procedure for impeaching the president, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's there. Now, it doesn't happen a lot, but it exists, and it makes sense that it should exist. You know, if you had it where whatever the president does, it's treason to turn them in, like, that would be horrible. Yeah. You know, so I just, I, I can't, I mean, I just didn't get it. And, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just a contrivance, and that's why it just seems to not make sense. Okay, here's the thing. It's almost like, it's almost like you know, uh, I want to, I, you know, treason. I, I want to think of mutiny, and it makes me think of a ship. So it's almost like if uh, uh, a subordinate on the ship is blaming the captain for a crime, it seems like that's a, that's along the lines of mutiny in terms of, you know, sort of going against 
the captain and the captain's orders. Uh, but I guess it's like, well, in a court of law, a judicial system, you know, it should be worked out in the end that, you know, the captain was doing something wrong, therefore right. it's, uh, you know, it's not a punishable offense of mutiny because, you know, it's almost like if 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 the, if the queen, you know, if the queen of uh, that kingdom orders the captain to go sail east and then the captain wants to go sail west and then the subordinate rats out the captain, then the queen of that place should, should say, okay, well, you were doing my bidding. You know, I am the higher authority here and you were following my orders, which supersede the captain's orders. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's not a mutiny. I would imagine that should be true in this case too where, you know, and I just looked at that scene again and it's, you know, Eric said, you know, basically the magister says, you know, uh, you're selling V, and, and, and Eric says, not by my orders, and the, the magister says, so then it's your queen. And so he says, which is it going to be, desecration of, of the blood, you know, selling the V, or treason. So, you know, he said treason against your legion or legion heir or whatever mm-hmm. the word he said. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think in general it, it's that crime of – I guess I guess my point is my long-winded point is to say if this went to some whatever version of trial they would have that he should be exonerated because his queen is making him do something that's against their their general principles. Mm-hmm. But it's nevertheless he would be you know up up for that crime of treason until proven that it's not treason. I see. Which okay. still puts him between a rock and a hard place. And again, I think it's really just a contrivance. Uh, for the plot to buy some time and stuff like that, uh, and maybe to make it less easy for them to just go after the queen. Right. Because right. the queen's not gonna queen's not gonna like it when she hears about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even having Eric, I forgot. Even having Eric say, you know, it wasn't my orders. Mm-hmm. Like, who who else can order Eric around? Bill can't order Eric around. Mm-hmm. You know, like Eric orders Bill around. Yeah, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, again, there's no it's other option a... there. Like he's basically already said who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, at least by implication. Well, that's the thing. Like Bill comes, Bill's name comes up, and if Bill hadn't been missing by no, you know, and he's not missing, you know, from anything really to do with this whole B side. Totally stuff, unrelated, apparently. You know, uh, it's like if he wasn't gone missing, uh, Eric couldn't have used that excuse. Yeah. Yeah, it's still really dubious, but you're right. It's not great. Again, it's really muddled. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, at least I felt justified in being confused. Yeah. Because uh, I think, I mean, I still don't know what they're doing in that plot line. They also have this little bit in this episode with um, Lafayette going to sell the V to these, like, sort of hillbilly guys and then they they're like no and they start attacking him and then eric shows up and saves him and it's like you guys so, better buy it or i'll kill you or whatever yeah i know so it seems like it seems like eric is trying to groom lafayette uh in certain ways and yeah in other ways and sort of professionally and and sort of telling him he can't just show up and, and institute his his personality and his will and everyone else he's got a sort of uh play the part and assimilate into various uh, scenes, social scenes and stuff he's going to be involved in. Uh, yeah. Which I think for someone like Lafayette is an interesting lesson to learn because he's so, I'm going to do things my way, screw everybody else. Yeah. 
it's interesting for him to be forced to realize that there are times where it's more beneficial to him to do it a different way. Yes. Yes. And it's pretty nice that he's got a vampire to watch his back. Well, yeah. You know. Like, Especially you know, Eric, you know. I mean, <laughs> Sawyer had Sawyer had Juliet to watch his back, but yeah, you know, Juliet's no Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long I mean, as they both are. I think, uh, yeah, Eric's one of the most uh, kick-ass vampires on the show at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think you know Godric was more powerful because he was his maker, but you know he's dead now. Yeah. No, you gotta love Eric. Yeah. No, he's great. He can fly. You can fly. I think uh, that's another thing they told us, I think, in this episode, that, uh, you know, vampires flying is somehow like people singing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's something that they can all sort of latently do, but not really well. Yeah, yeah, some sort of power that comes with, uh, with, with practice and it's sort of different. I, I imagine different vampires can sort of do different things and... And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with power, too. Power and age. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even practice. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, I like the way they sort of tell us that in the in in the middle of a fantasy sequence, basically. Mm-hmm. I think they also pulled a nice switch with it, because I think I assumed, and maybe they wanted people to assume that this was kind of one of those, uh, the blood connection kind of, fantasy sequences because yeah. that's how it plays and but then it turns out it's just in Eric's mind mm-hmm. but I think the big thing was having it be in Eric's mind made me more sure that what he was saying about flying was true totally you know because he actually probably knows the answer to that mm-hmm. you know whether all vampires can fly so I, so that was that was nice it was nice to uh, pull back on that they they just wanted to reiterate because I think they basically separated him from Sookie this season that, you know, that's still hovering in the background of his mind. And, mm-hmm. and then they also threw in that little, uh, that little tidbit about vampire uh, mythology, I guess, since they showed that he could fly last season. Yeah. That whole dream sequence was weird. I, I knew something was wrong when he showed up and she was in this like hotel room. And I'm like, I don't think that's where she was. Mm-hmm. But you know when you watch those things, you just go along with it. Yeah, you know, you're just like, okay, well, all right. All yeah, right. I, she, she's and not. Then, I guess I thought she was in. Isn't she in Alfie's apartment? Yeah, I think in his apartment. I guess that's yeah. what I thought it was. Was it a hotel room? <laughs> well, it's, I didn't really notice the exterior. The exterior of the place looks like a hotel, and then when you when you see inside, it's it's nicer than what Alfie's place. He looks like he lives in a you know small one bedroom or something. Okay. You know, it just it just looked like a different place completely. But I was like, all right, well, I don't know what's going on. And I then Sookie was like overly aggressive, and I'm like, huh, okay, well, yeah. You know, because even because usually in those in those sex vampire dreams, it's still the vampire who's making all the moves. Yes. But it was her making all the moves. So right when she was doing it, I'm like, oh, something's weird with this. And then they reveal it's Eric, and I'm like, ah, okay, mm-hmm. that's what's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, I, I, of, sorry. I was gonna say I was gonna bring another thing up of the the little vampire sex dreams, uh, which is nothing I thought I would ever podcast about. <laughs> um, <laughs> mommy, when I grow up, I want to podcast about vampire sex dreams. <laughs> no, son, no. But I'm hearing. 
I really um, wonder what my mom would have said if I had told her that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get Dr. Morgan Stern on the line. We're going to need him to see the psychologist. Uh, yeah, uh, the the uh, another awesome scene and and I think sort of sort of storytelling groundbreaking little scene was the um, uh, Sam's sex stream about yeah. Bill. That's what I was going to uh, bring up. Oh, you're gonna bring? Wow, yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, I'm glad we interrupted each other with the same thought. Yeah, you know, really, we should just have one of us speak for both of us. Yeah, that works. Day. I just save save everyone a little time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah, I mean, I thought that scene was awesome. The way the way it plays out and the the sexual tension and just like the like the you know the WTF factor. Of yeah. Like, okay, what are they doing and how far yeah. is this gonna go? You know, was was pretty incredible. It was. To me, it felt like a roller coaster ride because I just I didn't know what was going on and or why. I mean, I knew why, you know, yeah. obviously the the connection there, but uh, but it was it was strange to see to see it actually play out and you and go, okay, Bill just dropped his pants right where he was standing. Right. Okay, <laughs> I'm still I'm still watching. Okay, and, okay, so now yeah. he, now he you know he's asking for the shirt and uh, you can have the shirt off my back. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess Sam would say that. Um, <laughs> You know. Right. Yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah, I sort of bought it, but it seemed a little weird. Mm-hmm. I, I liked how it built too. It was like, okay, there's there seems to be some kind of sexual tension between them, but maybe I'm just reading into it too much. No, no, yeah, it's exactly. there. Yeah, you don't know how much you know how much it's just you know Bill being being Bill and being like not caring or being comfortable or mm-hmm. something and, exactly or, or how much he's actually you know trying to hit on Sam yeah and of course when Sam takes his shirt off and Bill is like nice yeah yeah it's like okay well <laughs> you know I guess you could compliment him but still what are you doing Bill yeah <laughs> you know? yeah it's like every little step was a little, a little more, you know, a little more interesting and a little less like what's going, a little more like what's going on right. than the last. And then, and then of course, to want to join him in the shower. And yeah. Like, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they kept pushing it. And then by the end, you're like, whoa. And and personally, like, I didn't, I didn't actually get what was going on until mm-hmm. they revealed it. Yeah. You know, so I was like, Wow, really? That's they're doing that? Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but then they reveal it, and I fully understood what I was just watching. It was just, it was really well done. It was very well done, and it's, you know, it's, it's keeping in in the context of the show. The, the whole, you know, we've seen Sookie have those dreams. We know that Lafayette has, has had dreams about Eric. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen we we've seen his hallucinations about Eric, but we haven't seen the dreams. But he right. mentioned the Sookie about it. You know. Um, so, you know, I, I like that it's not like only the women who drink from vampires mm-hmm. sex Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. to me, to me, that'd be really lame. That's just, that's oh, yeah. just sort of like cop out storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they didn't, they really, they didn't shy away from it. Um, and, uh, and it just, it worked really well. Cause you know, Bill, you just don't expect Bill and Sam in a scene like that. You never would expect <laughs> Bill and Sam. No, not ever. Yeah. It's, I just can imagine them filming that scene and cracking themselves yes. up. Yes. Like, you know, like how many times did Bill say nice and everyone on set <laughs> is just laughing their ass off. I forgot about that nice thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> nice. You know, hubba hubba. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> it's uh I I really I that's another aspect uh I, I guess that's it's sort of tied into the V being a drug, but that's another little thing that I think they kind of added to the vampire lore that yeah really hasn't I've never really seen anyone else do. Yeah. That's you know? again that's what I love about True Blood is they're adding they're adding to the vampire mythology and they're you know and it's and it's interesting stuff and it's you know like you know I, I something else I put in that category is the uh the flashback with Bill and, and Lorena, you know, killing that girl and making the guy watch and having sex mm-hmm. in the blood. I mean as gruesome as that is and of course not everyone wants to see that or wants to see a story with those elements. You know, I do. I have a dark side, I guess. But uh, you know, it's still interesting that 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 that's some in just in terms of you know, the vampire mythology, like that's something that they would do, you know. It's interesting to like see that play out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that was definitely uh uh that was a, a good scene. Um probably one of the better uh Lorena scenes. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think I've gotten probably a bit desensitized to the violence in the show. There is, uh, it gets pretty graphic at times. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it was, uh, the, uh, shit, I don't remember, was it season one or two when, uh, is it, I don't even remember who does it. It's when Suki is at Fantasia and she rats out the guy behind the bar and then somebody stakes him, and, like, the blood, like, gushes. Oh, like, yeah. I think it was Bill or somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, Wait, I wasn't guess it, Bill stakes Yeah, because well, yeah, that was Bill's punishment. Bill had that punishment from, yeah. uh, that's when he first got introduced to the Magister. Yeah. Because Bill, Bill killed another vampire, and he had to create a vampire, which was Jessica. Right. Uh, as penance for doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Definitely, like I, I agree. I think I've been, you know, I've been desensitized to violence by, you know, what what do they call it? Media. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, since I was a kid. But um, but definitely on True Blood, it, it's, you know, you see a lot of that stuff, and you know, it's uh, it's not as shocking as you know it, it probably should be. But at the same time, some of the stuff is pretty shocking. I, I still get shocked by. You know, and that's the thing. When it does shock me, it's it's cool to be shocked and to be like, okay, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah. So my point was like, when that scene happened, I found it to be over the top. Like I I could I really didn't like watching it. It was it mm-hmm. was uh, it was gruesome. Like I think I I sort of have a line, but I think for me the the main thing that keeps True Blood from bothering me on that level is I think it has really good, you know, really good drama to go with the gore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so whenever the gore is happening, there's something dramatic going on. And, yeah. and, and it's working. And, and so I think because it feels like strong writing and good character uh, stuff going on with the gore, uh, you know, it works. Uh, I think I think horror movies where they just have a lot of like death and and mayhem mm-hmm. and stuff you know uh, gruesome deaths like and not really good character writing or drama you know that's where I really don't like watching it it just feels kind of like a pointless exercise but I think in True Blood they get 
you know, they get drama, they get good stuff out of the, the gore scenes. And so it, so I think yeah. that's why it works for me more, more so. Yeah, totally. It's not gore for gore's sake. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people write off True Blood as just about sexy vampires and stuff. And <laughs> I think specific so people write off the show that way. Yeah. And it's not about, it's not just about the sex and the violence and all that stuff. It's got a lot of other really cool elements and deep Absolutely. too, and good character stuff and, if it yeah, if it was just you know uh, a gore show, I don't think it'd be as interesting at all. Yeah, yeah, like I really like I forget that there's such violence in the show a lot of the time. And then they do it right. Yeah, and then, you know, then Bill you know attacks some vampire, some werewolves, and they exactly. go, oh yeah, that's right, this is the show I'm watching. <laughs> Where exactly. Guy is crawling on the ground naked with his leg torn off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it it uh, it's because it yeah it's just it's drawing me in on on all the levels and yeah so there, there's definitely a lot more to it than that and and really I think you know uh, you know you have these very powerful creatures you have vampires who live on on blood I mean you know violence is unavoidable in yeah. in in that context I mean I, I don't mm-hmm. think you can I don't think you can not show it at all Hey violence is a part of the natural world as anything else. Yeah, yeah. When you have conscious beings needing to be violent to survive, it's, you know, it's unavoidable. Exactly. And also, you know, they're very strong, very powerful, you know, so the damage they can do is... Is uh, is 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 much more than than humans can do normally, mm-hmm. so it sort of goes beyond what you normally see in terms of violence. Yeah, you know. But I think, yeah, I mean, it really, I really have seen worse, but it, it is pretty strong for a, for for a series. Yeah. Totally. Um, I think I think the there? Eric Lafayette angle is interesting. I definitely, you know, I got that point of, you know, him learning, you know, Eric started taking him under his wing a little bit and kind of teaching mm-hmm. him how to be a dealer, you know, how to be a better dealer, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it works. I get it, like, in terms of that one scene, but I don't really know. I don't really know where that's going. Is it? Is it just Lafayette's going to learn some lessons from Eric about how to be a better? De- I mean, is there anything? I, I guess I don't yeah, really know what is. the point of that is. He's going to learn some lessons, and that's that's Lafayette's storyline this season. Okay. It's, it, the school's in session, and Lafayette's the only student. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it's going to go someplace. Uh, I I don't know exactly where. I mean, if I had to just make up something off the top of my head. I mean, honestly, this is probably just wishful thinking, but I, I feel like Eric is grooming Lafayette to be a vampire. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, you know, I they teased us with happening. that at the beginning of season two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he was captured and he was like, yeah. he didn't make me into a vampire. Oh, totally, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, no, that'd be interesting. I mean, I do think, like, probably at some point, some character is going to be turned into a vampire. I think it's going to be Lafayette or Tara, one of the two first. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds plausible. And I think for both of them, you know, even Franklin said this, and this might be why Eric hasn't done it yet to Lafayette, is, you know, Franklin says he doesn't want to turn Tara because she wants him to. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so I think that's part of it, too, is like, well, Lafayette wants to be a vampire, so I think right. there's some sort of thing where... Eric doesn't want to turn him because of that, but 
Yeah. But, I mean, I think he's going to be valuable enough to him where he's going to want to keep him around. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, he brought him that car. Right. I don't know why. I don't either. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Again, yeah, that's like part of this like Lafayette Eric thing that I just don't know. I don't know where they're going with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just it seems so open ended. Yeah, I agree. I don't I I don't see a clear endpoint for that story. Yeah, I mean, Eric's in trouble for selling the V. You know, is he gonna? Is he just gonna push Lafayette to, you know, move whatever he has left? Like, is that? I mean, is that all there? I don't know. Yeah, something he's gonna. Yeah, something's gonna happen where he's gotta get rid of probably the rest of the V that the uh, magister didn't find. I would love to know. We were talking about politics earlier. I would love to know the hierarchy here because I don't know why the magister is above a king and queen. <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird. And is there anyone above the magister? Yeah. Like, how how high does it go? Yeah, I don't know if he's, like, the president of a, the United States. You know, uh, mm-hmm. is he the ultimate guy? I mean, I don't think he is. I think he, I think he's just regional. But at the same time, I think you're like, right. We, we really don't know exactly who else is. You know, is there anyone over the whole United States area, or is it just regional leaders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of what I was asking. Like, how high up it goes mm-hmm. in terms of like central authority. Because I feel like we already, with this King of Mississippi thing, like we already kind of have an idea of, you know, regional powers wanting their own things, you know, and, and to a certain extent being in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it comes across like, you know, you know, maybe it is more sort of territorial like that, and there's just there's just different domains, and they have to interact, but maybe they don't have a higher authority to appeal to. I mean, that's sort of how, you know, countries are right now. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of stuff, you know, UN and so on, but uh, nothing with nothing with real sort of global authority. Mm-hmm. So it could be like that, but they haven't really told us. Um, I think... It, yeah, it looks like the big plot going forward is what's up with this group of werewolves and the king of Mississippi and what's he going to do with Bill and why does he want Sookie and, you know, uh, all those things uh, seem to be. I, I guess we learned in this episode that Franklin, the uh, uh, British vampire who has sort of uh, kidnapped Tara, uh, uh, is is working for the king of Mississippi and, and, and he's trying to track down Sookie. Mm-hmm. Presumably for him. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Seems uh, like the story so far to me. Yeah, yeah. So, but he also seems to have this weird interest in Tara. Yeah, that, that I think was unexpected. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, it seems like that wasn't necessarily part of the plan. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just doing that. Um, he's just doing that on his own, basically. Talk about a character who's relentlessly beat up all the time. Yeah. Tara, Tara, Tara. Yeah, yeah. She's really, uh, (laughs) she's really had a shit couple of seasons. 
Yeah, I you know you you know I suicide's never the answer, but geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Know, at this point, I don't know how much more she can take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the whole being tied up and and left on the uh, on the toilet there. Uh, yeah. Was bad. It was. Yeah. And season one, she had that whole thing with her mom and mm-hmm. the demon and going to the exorcist woman and. You know, that it's basically just like her horrendous past and relationship with her mom, which was horrible, uh, which was pretty bad. And then in season two, she falls in with Marianne and ends up, you know, among other things, eating someone's heart, I guess Daphne's, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. engaging in all sorts of uh, ridiculous, uh, over-the-top activity uh, yeah. against her will and against her friends and so on. And uh, eventually, of course, Eggs dies as well. So it's just, uh, it's just a big, big shitstorm for her last season. And uh, then she immediately moves from that into being captured by this vampire mm-hmm. and uh, fed on and just uh, kind of uh, herded around for a purpose she doesn't understand and glamored. And, yeah, it's she's, I don't know. I agree. Uh, at a certain point, you got you got to ask yourself if your life is worth living. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a point where it's reasonable to say no. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's getting pushed pretty far. She is. She really, really is. Um, like, after last season, it just seems like, it just seems like I can't believe they're I can't believe they're doing more stuff to her. Mhm. Yeah, she did not get a break at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all all Sam has to deal with is being a shapeshifter and then and then having this family that's not that great. Yeah, he's just got kind of an annoying family. And okay, mm-hmm. maybe his brother tried to kill him once, but yeah, you know, for the most part, it's just kind of you know an annoyance. Mhm. Um. But yeah, that's. It's it's gone well beyond that, you know, and and I thought it was great that he he basically glamours her into letting him in, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas that for you know vampires are strong, but that's that's a weakness they have. If you can somehow get yourself in a house and not let them in, they can't come in. Yeah. And well, I guess it. you have to own the house, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever the technicalities are, I mean, that make any sense to me. But yeah, I mean, if you can somehow get into your house, whatever that means, you know, you have to let him in. It's like, oh no, I rent this place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was. It, you know, in in uh, in in Eric's fantasy, he has Suki let him in, and I I don't think she's supposed to be in her house. I I want to say it's sort of something beyond ownership like it's somehow uh you know you have to possess the place i think i think that was in sam's fantasy too with bill like he had to let him into his like hotel room that he was in you know Mm -hmm. so i think i think the idea is it's sort of your place then but not some kind of like you got to own the title or something show me yeah show me the deed let me see the signature (laughs) all right all right As, as much fun as that would be Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's sort of like whatever building you're occupying. I mean, when I try to make it work, it doesn't, which is why it frustrates me. But I think that's kind of what it is. You know, the structure yeah. you're occupying is 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 protected. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a nice little caveat. It's really the only protection a human has against the vampire, that and, you know, daylight. Right, right. And if you can somehow manage to, you know, catch them with a, you know, silver necklace or stake them or something, you know, but that's, yeah. that's a shot in the dark. Yeah. Since they're much faster and stronger and more perceptive and stuff, it's it's hard to... It's hard to actually uh, get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, good to see Captain Golf again. It is. It is nice to see him again. I always felt like he got he got a really. Uh, <laughs> I, I was really disappointed in his death in uh, season four. I realized that this character is not Captain Golf. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, somehow it feels he will like always be Captain Gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even yeah. though I, I saw him on other shows before he was Captain Gold, he still will always be Captain Gold. Yeah, yeah. He just he made an impact with that character. Yeah. It was it was really well done. Yeah. Um, even though he didn't he didn't do all that much, but somehow it it it, uh, it fit in, uh, you know. And he was don't trust the captain guy. I like Which, to think Captain Gall died and went to the gym and then became this guy. <laughs> yeah. Because he seems really ripped compared to, I mean, not that Captain Gall ever had his shirt off, but I only have to assume uh, that the actor got into better shape for this role. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the werewolf thing seems to be they're, uh, they're basically like bikers, you mm-hmm. know, but they're werewolves. They don't necessarily ride motorcycles. Yeah, you know well, that, they have all fours. Like <laughs> yeah, like culturally they're sort of bikers, and mm-hmm. I guess they have their. They, in general, I mean, what we're seeing is kind of an aberration, but in general, they're supposed to be kind of secretive, keep to themselves kind of people. Mm-hmm. It's almost saying like if you know a biker, they might be a werewolf. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna bring up. Like the the idea that somehow that's that's what bikers are. Yeah, <laughs> or it's almost, I some mean, they're definitely are. drawn to whatever edgy darkness that bikers represent. You know, yeah, uh, sort of sort of uh, uh, anarch anarch anarchistic or whatever the adjective is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, very like separated from mainstream society, kind of. Right. You know. Right. Pa- and pack like too. That's another reason mm-hmm. they're popular with bikers is they're very pack. You know, they ride around together and pack That's right. pretty much. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. But it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes them like stand out from the vampires. Yeah, because the vampires are really not like that at all. No. Yeah, no, vampires are are, are pretty much loners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have, uh, I mean, you know, modern vampire culture, obviously they gather at Fantasia and stuff like that. But right. But in general, they're, they're, more, they're more or less loners. Right. But even Fantasia is more, is not really like a biker bar. It's more of a kind of slick yeah. and sleazy stripper place. Mhm. Mhm. You know, it's uh, it's it's a very different vibe. I don't I don't think the werewolves would really like Fantasia. No. 
I think, yeah, in general, like, vampires are sort of slicker and more uh, refined. Yeah, and, and they sort of brought up the idea that with Alcee, like, he said something like, werewolves run hot. Like, I guess I interpreted that, that they, they have really high metabolism. Mm-hmm. Which I, which well, I would think would, stri- you know, would, would sort of cause them to, you know, go out and kind of consume things. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I think there was something about body temperature with with Sam and uh, and uh, what's her name uh, and Daphne too, right? Oh yeah, there was something about them being hot. That's right. I forgot about uh, that. So I think you know, like I said, uh, you know. The werewolves are shapeshifters who can only shapeshift into wolves. So. And, of course, vampires are on cold. Yeah. Vampires are cold because they don't have any blood pumping yeah. uh, through their body. So it makes sense uh, that they're cold and, and they're dead, too. So Right. Yeah, but I did like that contrast that Alfie, you know, Sookie was like, oh, you're so warm, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess, I don't know, they run a couple degrees hotter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... Yeah, you might be right, but I it I want to say you know I want to say there's some there's certain if if the if the full moon thing's true I, you know I want to say there's certain certain things that werewolves have maybe it's just problems or whatever to deal with that the shapeshifters don't. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think each special species is going to have its own. Uh, own qualities and own like uh, characteristics that it, it has to adhere to. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what's the other thing I was going to bring up? Uh. What's the other thing they're doing? There was some specific plot I was going to bring up. Let's see. What haven't Sam, we mentioned yet? Sam and his family. Yeah, uh, Sam and his family. That's that. what it is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, that's kind of a carryover from last season. But, uh, you know, Sam was adopted, and uh, I guess his his parents abandoned him when they found out he was a shapeshifter or when he started showing that he was a shapeshifter or something. Maybe they knew, I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't quite catch what the what, what exactly happened there, but somehow he was abandoned by his parents. And uh, uh, and so he tracks down his real family this season, and uh, uh, his, his mom seems to, uh, you know, she's a shapeshifter, I guess, is, Dad is not, uh, and he has a brother who who is able to uh, shapeshift as well. And uh, seems like his mom is, you know, pretty happy to see him, pretty uh, accepting. Uh, but his brother is is kind of resentful uh, that he has a nicer life, I guess, uh, and actually tries to kill him at a certain point. Um, uh, his dad is just kind of aloof. I really don't know what what's going on with him. Uh, uh, and uh but then they show up at the bar and just kind of hang out outside and basically just i guess they get evicted uh, something like that and uh uh and and so Sam offers them a place to stay and so i guess you know you know i mean i guess this is this is just Sam sort of dealing with his past uh 
Um, mm-hmm. But I really don't. Uh, I really don't know where they're going with that. Um, I mean, is, is it just is it just family drama? Is that all there is to that, or are they actually gonna do something with that? Beyond, you know, plot wise. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think it's um. Cause so just, far, it's just family drama. I think you know. I think I think they're gonna develop something with Sam taking care or, or bonding more with his brother. You know, I think that seems to be what they're going for. Maybe you know, getting uh. Uh, getting the mom and dad out of the picture and then maybe having the brother work at Merlot's or something. You know, they had the little thing about, you know, Jessica starting to work there, which we knew that was a matter of time. They they joked about it in that one scene with Sookie left, and it's like, yeah, you guys are joking about it because you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's the waitress now, and Sam told her you can't serve alcohol because you got to be over 21. And so oh, I, think the, I think the brother is, and if the brother is, that makes me think maybe Sam will get him to be the bartender or something or get him some reason to work there. Um, that's the, the only storyline I see is, uh, is is them getting closer. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what else in terms of just, uh, you know, sort of outside drama that's not just family stuff that would that, that would be going on. But, you know, it's the kind of stuff that they, you know, if it's going to happen, they'll throw in at some point. So it's kind of hard to see if that's going to happen until they do it. But, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so far it just seems like family drama, you know, um, nothing, yeah. nothing, uh, nothing crazy, no big, no big, I mean, I don't know, unless there's some secrets about shape-shifting, the brother's going to tell Sam or, or oh, vice yeah. versa or something like that, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah, I guess they could do that, mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot that. There's there's stuff there. Um, you're you're bringing up the Jessica thing reminds me of something about vampires that uh, I haven't mentioned yet, which is uh, so. I mean, for me, like age laws uh, about alcohol and stuff like that, um, voting, you know, uh, renting cars, driving, etc. To me, that stuff is more about um, maturity, like having having the capacity to handle the responsibility that that comes with maturity and mm-hmm. not sort of the fact that you've physically aged that much. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's a marker. Like it everyone doesn't necessarily mature at the same time, but you, you use age as a as a kind of crude way to mm-hmm. to say if you're beyond this age, chances are you can handle this responsibility. You know, yeah, it's not necessarily then legal, true. Then there's legal attachments to things like that because 18, you're an adult, you're on your own, yeah. you're not your parents' responsibility. Yeah. So, you know, so so there's legal parts to that too. Yeah. Right. Which, but it's part of the same sort of maturity thing. Yeah. Right. So I guess for me, like, I guess I can buy that Jessica can't serve alcohol, but I feel like she should be able to in a few years. Well, honestly, she made a great point. She's like, I'm a vampire. I'll never be 18. And I think that basically tells him right then and there that that sort of age thing is really arbitrary and really doesn't apply to her. Um, I think, you know, whatever her birthday is, you know, if she's 17 and a half, then I figure in six months he should be able to let her serve. You know, whatever point – I think she should be able to serve now, but I think at whatever point she would have been 18 – because obviously – she is still, she's yeah. not aging physiologically, but she is accumulating 
time on Earth being yes. being on Earth. So she will be she will have eighteen years of being right. on Earth. So That's at whatever saying. point that is, that should be fine. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, if you if you're gonna get crazy and go into the legal aspects, I think there's probably lawyers in that True Blood world who who are gonna have interesting times with with their legal cases <laughs> in terms of well, yeah. Your Honor. I know my my client uh, murdered five people for their blood, but he's only twelve, even <laughs> though he's been around for a hundred years. You know, like don't yeah. try him as an adult because he looks twelve, even though he's been around a hundred years. Mm-hmm. He, he should have a hundred years of maturity, right? Right. In a general sense. So. Yes. 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 Because you know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like to me, the essential thing is is the is the maturity level, which comes from experiences and memories and you know learning learning how to deal with life basically and i think that's yeah. happening whether the physical aging is or not yeah i i honestly think she made a good point right off the bat and i think sam's practical enough to accept that i think you know he he's, he's going to cover his bases legally but in terms of just like whether or not he would do it you know law aside i think he would he would let her serve it's She's not. She, you know, she's not. She's the vampire. You know, she yeah. Made her, she made her case very succinctly. <laughs> I mean, she's never gonna not look the age that she is. But yeah. I think, yeah, whenever she's around for that long, you know, she'll still be at that point whether she looks like it or not. Yeah. So I think that's. But the, the other thing I wanted to bring up is like the Bill and Suki relationship, and you know. If if they ever did it, the Eric and Sookie relationship would be even more ridiculous in this regard. You know, it's usually uh, considered sort of a drastic thing when they show, say, you know, 50, 60-year-old uh, man with, say, 20-year-old woman, 25, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, it's usually considered a pretty big gap. You know, but mentally, Bill is, uh, what, like 150 or something? Like, pretty close, yeah. <laughs> I mean... He's, you know, and so he is, again, like 20-something, 25, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's huge. You know, in terms of life experience, like, that's a giant gap. And, of course, if you bring in Eric, it's even, it's insane, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of disparity in that relationship. It really doesn't come across, I think, partially because, you know, the actual actor who plays Bill is not that old, <laughs> You know, so it doesn't feel like such a gap. But I think, you know, if you rationalize sort of what's going on, like it really is like a, a huge uh, disparity. Well, you know what that tells me? The way they portray it and the way pretty much all vampires are sort of portrayed, it, it almost seems like there is a, you know, there's a limit to maturity in a way. I mean, obviously you can always keep learning things and you can always sort of grow as a person or something. You know, Godric did, of course. You know, yeah. later in his life, he changed his philosophy. You can always do that, but it seems like, in terms of, in terms of age, and in terms of, you know, it's not like you can talk to Eric and really, and then talk to Bill and say, I can tell Bill's a hundred and fifty, and I can tell Eric's a thousand mm-hmm. by virtue of their personality. I feel like there's some sort of uh, ceiling to whatever you would call, I, I don't want to say maturity, but whatever you would call that culmination of age, um, that's not a factor of your experiences, or, or I should say just a factor of your experiences, because, you know, you can change who you are and stuff like that. But um, but I think that's why it doesn't play like a May-December romance. You know, it doesn't play like, 
you you look at Sookie and Bill and go, wow, she seems so young compared to him or something. Yeah. You know, it's because personality-wise, it seems like after his 50 years of living or whatever, he's not that much different in the last 100 years. But aside from experiences that have happened, you know, he's he's going to accumulate more experiences and, and change because of that, you know, he has his, his time in the forties or whenever with Moraine, with Lorena and he, you know, he kills people and he likes it. And then later he decides that's a bad idea. So obviously, you know, there's still character growth, but in terms of like the age factor playing, it seems like there's a ceiling to that. Yes. Yes. No, you're right. I mean, I think that's the way they're writing it, but I, I feel like there's kind of a, there's kind of an issue with the fact that this is written by humans that, you know, humans don't really live longer than 100 or so years mm-hmm. normally, very rare. Uh, so there's really no frame of reference. Bill, eh, Bill's on the borderline of someone maybe you could portray realistically. But mm-hmm. there, for Eric or Godric, like, there's no frame of reference for someone who's been around that long. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do you – what would someone be like who's been around that long? Like, I don't think anyone really knows because there's no one like that that we know of. Yeah. You know, so I think I think there there's sort of a a limit to what they can really bring across. Like I really think if someone were around that long there would be there would be some kind maybe there would be some kind of limit, but I think it's beyond you know, it's beyond the human limit. Mhm. You know, of of what of what uh we've reached. Well, I don't know, is a person who's 100 years old a lot different than a person who's 40? You know, I mean, that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like the big difference... I mean, I think they are. I mean, that's, you know... <laughs> I, I do yeah, think there's a difference. But the difference is, is really about the experiences and what they learn from it, right? It's like, if you live an extra 100 years, that's just 100 more years of experiences you can have. And you yeah. can do something interesting with that or not. You know, uh, you can fundamentally change through that 100 years or not, depending on what you do, you know? Right. I mean, right. yeah, look at look at I mean, look at uh Eric now versus Eric before he was turned into a vampire. Yes. You know, uh he's he's definitely a sort of a different person, you know. Um and I guess my point is you you just sort of get more experiences and then you're, you know, that's going to change you and decide more than just the amount of time, you know, cuz you can go, you know, if somebody goes to spend you know, if someone spent that thousand years as a vampire isolated alone on an island by themselves, you know, they're obviously going to have an interesting decided personality, but that doesn't mean they're going to get this wealth of experiences that's going to change them like somebody else would. So. Right. It's still kind of like, it depends on the person how much they're going to they're gonna really change. So I feel like you can guess how somebody, I mean, it, this is just a thought, it's obviously not factually true, but I feel like you can guess what someone who's a thousand is going to be like, because it's really just, if you if you can know what their experiences are, you know, and as a writer, you can extrapolate how that would change them, then I feel like you can you can get a close idea, but uh, but yeah, we nobody really knows if... Uh, if living a thousand years has some extra psychological consequence that that you can only glean if you if you've done that, you know, from experience, um, 
you know. But I feel like it should be the same way someone who's 18 versus someone who's 100. Like, it's the difference is their life experiences. You know, um, that the person who's 100 should have should have learned more lessons, should have made mistakes, should have learned from other people's mistakes, and should have an outlook based on that. You know, yeah, that the 18 year old is not going to have because they haven't they haven't gone through those things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I mean, I, I think you know, humans just really. I don't think we can really think on that time scale. I mean, we can say here's how it would be. But I think we're just not equipped for lifespans like that and to really conceptualize, would it be just like ours, only longer? Or would it, would it be, you know, a very different experience if you really had that kind of time on your hands? You know, mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's potential that it could be more, it could be different than just basically the same, <laughs> you know, as it is for being human. But even if it were exactly like being human, but longer, I think still, you know, there, there, the accumulation of experiences would be so much greater. And I think it would make that person much more, uh, you know, especially with vampires, we don't have physical ge- degeneration. You know, you probably have pretty good memory throughout the time. They, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they really uh, learn from their experiences. They retain them. And I think, so I think you really have potential for but someone to at, develop into a very, you know, experienced, knowledgeable kind of person, you know, that yeah. you just don't have time for when you have a normal lifespan. Yeah. And, again, I, I would agree with that, but I, I think that's something you can take into account if you're writing a character that that's, that's old because, you know, at the ba- like I said, unless there is some psychological – uh, element that is that it that becomes apparent after x amount of time that no human can imagine because we've never done it unless there's this x factor out there then i feel like the only difference is more experiences and in terms of writing if you know what those experiences are then you can come up with a character that's realistically like that but like like you're saying it may be something else and if there is something else then of course we're missing no, you're missing that, but you have to say that it's that it's you know, it's not just being a human, but longer. It's it's um it's not just more experiences. It's more experiences, and it makes you like this, you know. It gives you this specific thing that we, you can't imagine, you know, because right. no one has done it yet. But um, but I, yeah. I feel like it should just be more experiences. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I feel like it should be the same way 18 to 100, you know, but maybe it's not. Well, I mean, I think that would be the difference, but I think that's a big difference. I mean, to me it's even more dramatic when you say 10 to 100, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's the same scale as 100 to 1,000. Yeah, but even... And if you think about a 10-year-old versus a 100-year-old, I mean, that's a huge difference. It's not an exponential growth or scale, you know what I mean? Like at a certain point, I mean, at a certain point it is, you know, from the time you're born to the time you're 10, you're changing, you know, so, so drastically. By the time you're 10 to 20, you're still changing a lot. You know, I don't think you're necessarily changing as drastically, and especially not in the same areas. And and 10 to 30 is a change, but I think, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the longer you go, the less the less exponential or the less steep the increase and in the change in your personality behavior. Now, 
that's just my opinion of how I see it. It doesn't mean that when you hit 500, something happens and you go exponentially more experience. You know, it's something like that can happen in the, in the curve of a thousand year life. Who knows until you get to that point. But just charting out, and generally, I just like so. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there's a there's a a ceiling to maturity or to experiences or something where you're going to continually be changed by that. Um, but it's but you know the the if you're if you're charting it or something, it's not going to just continually to go up the same amount or the same rate all the time. You know, uh, because the ten years the ten years from from you know two years old to twelve years old is a lot of different increase than uh, 80 to 90 or 90 to 100, right? Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah. So that's why I feel like the older you get, the less the less changes you're getting on that level and the more it's really just about what experiences you're having. And and my example of that is in True Blood is, is uh, the king says, Lorena is very unrefined for a vampire her age. Yeah. You know, he says that she should be she shouldn't behave as petty as she is, you know. Age should have made her the age and her experiences should have made her more and, and if you look at the king and then his partner, they do have that sort of laid back, more refined mm-hmm. attitude. They're they're not really threatening. They don't need to be because they have the experiences to confidence to, to yeah. and yeah, the confidence and they've been in situations like this before. They know when to be aggressive and when not to. So I feel like I feel like that's realistic. I feel like they do; they are taking that to account. And so I feel like, again, unless there's some weird X factor in psychology um, that you can only find out by, by living that long, then I think, I think we're getting – I think that people get it fairly right. Uh, yeah, I just think – I just think, no. Uh, for True Blood, okay. You know, what they do is fine. I'm not criticizing the show. Uh, the characters they have there are, are fine and could even be justified, you know, if you if you want to fill in what Eric or the King of Mississippi's experiences were, you know, you could probably say, well, here's – you know, here's how they developed, and here's how the reason why they're like they are now. You know, and it probably that probably works fine. Okay, mm-hmm. but setting that aside, I mean, I think if you had a creature develop, you know, evolutionarily to have say, you know, to sort of naturally have something like a thousand year lifespan, I mean, you could potentially have, you know, I mean, it's well known that you know babies learn really rapidly and and children somewhat less so but still very fast and then it it decreases i mean that's what you were getting at earlier i mean if you have something with a a thousand year lifespan i mean i don't see any reason why that period couldn't be stretched out more and it could take in even more well here's the reason is the well physiologically they i mean I, i mean there's plenty of reasons why it shouldn't be stretched out number one is because they only get turned into a vampire after a certain age so you know well, i'm not talking about vampires Oh, what are you talking I'm, I'm talking about? about, so that's why I'm trying to, like, set aside True Blood, because I think, you know, the characters there, and, and the idea of vampires is sort of different, because... Well, you, but that's the whole... I, I see what you're saying, if it's just a person who... If, that's what, I, feel like, I feel like you wouldn't, you wouldn't stretch out their lifespan like that, and then every increment of their growth, you know, expands uh, in proportion. I feel like... That's not the natural – I mean, I feel like the whole point of, you know, how, how humans and most sort of infants develop is they're, you, you, they try to be as self-sufficient as possible as quickly as possible. 
And it'd be weird that, okay, if the average lifespan of a human is 100, and they learn the fastest. I mean, in the that's first the way it is now. That's certainly not the yeah. way it is, you know, in the wild, so to speak. I mean, it's that way only because of technology and advances in like understanding how disease works and nutrition. Wait, what are you saying? Isn't isn't like that? I'm saying what? What? <laughs> I didn't get the subject. You were saying something isn't like that. I just what subject uh, are you talking about? Uh. I don't. I don't remember. Well, I was saying. I was saying if the if the average lifespan of a human is say a hundred years. Oh, and well, they well, yeah. The, they I was saying that sort of that's sort of artificial. Like it isn't really. I mean, it's it's only that because of these you know developments in in I'm just, in saying, I'm just setting up a hypothetical. I'm just setting up a hypothetical to your point that if I'm just saying hypothetically, let's say. I mean. The lifespan of any species is going to be dependent on a lot of things, and the environment is number one, and our environment is technologically advanced, therefore we can do that. But I'm just saying in general, say if it's 100 years, even when it, I'm just I'm just trying to get easy numbers for my, my example here. If it's 100 years, and then you're saying, and then, you know, say humans learn the fastest in the first 10, and then it tapers off, then if you're saying now in some other scenario, a human is going to live 1,000 years, Therefore, the you know the first hundred years they learn the fastest or something. Yeah. Like like to me that that could be true. I don't know, but to me that doesn't necessarily gel with with just the natural fact of of the that that that, that ten year you know that period of time you know it, physiologically it's designed to do that. You know, and basically, you basically you're slowing down their aging over time. Basically, that's kind of what I guess what you're doing is almost like slowing down how time affects them. And I feel like time would affect them the same way. Like they need to know, they need to learn as fast as in in ten years. If you live a thousand years, then is when you do a hundred years. So I'm just saying. Uh, I don't, it depends I don't know on the environment, would, but I guess I slow down, but. what I'm saying is like, okay, dogs basically reach adulthood in one year, okay, mm-hmm. and if they could talk, they could get together and say, you know, what are humans doing being kids for, you know, ten years, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. what what can they possibly be getting out of all that time, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I mean, they could stand there and say that. You know, how does that work? Why would that arise? I mean, they could stand there yeah, and say and a that. Fly, and I mean, a fly could say that about a dog. A fly reaches adulthood, you know, in a day or whatever, hours. Yeah. And a fly could be like, well, what's a dog spending a year yeah. reaching adulthood? For yeah. Us? So, I mean, yeah. we can we can stand there and say, what are they doing? Well, you know, it's the environment that creates those circumstances, you know. And if you're talking, like, I'm, I'm being very speculative and talking about, like, not necessarily Earth, but, you know, some, some environment where you have life arising. You know, I feel like it's not out of the question to have a creature yeah, with a longer I mean, childhood than humans. Sure. That's, I, mean, yeah. that's, that's I mean, that's I'm ridiculous is, to even say. We already is, have examples. Of, of course. And my point is the point of that acclimation period is to be ready for life in that environment, right? That's, that's sort of the point. Yeah. And so if, if – yeah, if – so you can't say it's a human then. It's somebody else in some other planet that in their planet they need 100 years to get ready. Yeah, yeah that's that's totally fine. But I'm, what I'm saying is if you're taking a human being and give them a 1,000-year lifespan, I still think they need to be ready to be an adult in the same amount of time, not at, the, at that 100 years. That They still need to have that 10-year period. 
Yes. Or 18 or whatever year period. Point taken. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering a bit in just making the point that the idea of a thousand-year lifespan really could lead to a drastically different outcome. It could. It definitely could. And my point is, it should only do that if, unless there, if there's unforeseen elements that arise later down the road. Right. But other than that, it should just be a product of your experiences who yeah. des- that decide how you're going to be, what your personality is. Yeah. And, and that is something you can guess at. And if you're writing a character, you know, you can, you know, someone can plot out the major life uh, choices of a character every year or every month for a thousand years. They can. Really they can. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, the only thing that I would say is there's no, you know, there's no real model you can point to and say, you know, th- th- this has some kind of basis in reality. You know, you're just yeah. making stuff up. I mean, whereas with mm-hmm. someone, you know, leading an ordinary human life, you really can't at least point to real people doing those things and say this is a realistic sort of, li- you know, li- set of life experiences for someone. Yeah. At a certain point, you're extrapolating, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can you can guess what someone who who's 200 years old might be like, and you should be closer to the truth than if you guess what someone who's, a, you know, a thousand or a million years yeah. old would be like. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely I, think that's true. And I also will concede that you're probably right that just as, you know, there's sort of a tapering effect uh, the difference between 50 and 60 is not as big as the difference between 0 and 10 or 10 and 20. You know, that's certainly true. Uh, I would expect that once you get to, you know, once you get to be 500 years old, mm-hmm. you know. You should have learned quite, you should have learned like, you know what, some large percentage amount of things to learn, you know, and, you know, there's only so many things to learn and experiences to have anyway that, yeah, from 500 years, and then from 600 years, you know, how much, how much extra are you really learning that you haven't experienced yet? You know, all things, all other things being equal, you know, you're, you know, as long as you're not like spending 500 years isolated and your last hundred years you're with people or something, you know, I think potentially, you know, you could, you could, uh, you could say that, um, uh, that, you know, at a certain point, it's like 10 years, a hundred years, you know, they just go by, I barely notice, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's how time sort of starts running, um, you know, for most people when they get older. Um, so I think, and particularly because vampires really were humans, um, I think it makes sense to treat them that way. I mean, that's why I was sort of setting true blood aside, because I think, you know, for, I, you know, now that you've drawn it out, it, it sort of makes sense for these characters to develop like that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I will say I think, you know, just as I said with, like, Jacob, I think, you know, given someone having the ability to live that long and, you know, not aging, not succumbing to physical ailments and mental ailments and having memory problems and stuff, you know, I think mm-hmm. I think human potential, you know, for, for, for a vampire, you know, would be would be larger. I mean, I I would expect that if a vampire wanted to, you know, they could they could really uh really take things a lot further than any humans have in terms of knowledge. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, the the culmination of something like that. I mean, to be able to spend 100 years on on various related disciplines to study them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to study physics for 100 years and math yeah. for 100 years, and now I'm going to come up with a grand unified theory of everything. You yeah. Know, you, you might have something there, you know, if you have the 
the mental uh, capabilities to, 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 to do that, uh, and, of course, the time. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely think they, they could take things further. That's like that's the kind of thing, and I feel like that could you know that could also come along with a kind of you know a sort of different kind of emotional uh, maturity that that maybe most people don't really get to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you if you get to the point where you sort of understand the universe better than anyone who's ever lived, you know, mm-hmm. like that, you know that I think that would put you in a certain position that that might you know have an effect on you. I I guess I'm saying I I could see it happening, but I think. For the specific characters that we're dealing with on True Blood, you know that probably hasn't happened, and so I think what we're what we're dealing with on True Blood is, is certain characters who kind of who kind of hit a stasis, and and they yeah. they've sort of been who they are for a while, and they're really not changing because they're kind of happy with who they are. Yeah, and and just because you have the ability to grow to that level doesn't mean you will. Exactly, you, know, you can you know uh, you. You can spend a thousand years on Earth and never learn more about the nature of the universe than anybody else who, you know, who who lived. Right. Uh, it just depends. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Right. I guess maybe my maybe my main point is I think you know I kind of enjoyed the little bit in season one when uh, Sookie's grandmother had Bill come and like talk to them about the Civil War. I thought mm-hmm. that was a cool example mm-hmm. of like really really using the fact that these vampires are really old and they've seen stuff that, you know, mo- you know, for, for us in the real world, you know, we don't get to talk to people who lived through those things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just cool. Like having someone who lived through these, these, you know, uh, really uh, pivotal historical events, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it would be really cool to have that. And I think, you know, they took that seriously there, but I think for the most part, it really doesn't play like that. I think that's basically my point. Like the, the, the experiences they've had over these large periods of time don't, don't feel like they really come into play very much. Well, and I, I have to say part of it, I think is because vampires are very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I mean, they're very content with their their sort of lives. I mean, you know, uh, Eric and those guys at Fantasia are really just kind of happy to do their Fantasia thing and have sex and and sort of be. You know, I feel like they're not intrinsically aspiring to to transcend, <laughs> given their powers and the ability to be to to live uh, indefinitely. You know, they're really just kind of, and, and it might just be because they were formerly human, you know. Yeah. They're really just sort of content to carve out a life that they feel happy with, and, and that's about it. They're not uh, really trying to go for a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, and part of it has to just do with, you know, what vampires you know, uh, just as as a as a species is, are designed for, they just they like that stuff. So they're, yeah. they're content with that stuff. I mean, you could have a weird supernatural species that, you know, when a human gets turned into them, they just want to be the best, you know, <laughs> species ever. You know, they want to be the most intelligent cognitive being right. in the in the universe, and that's all they do is strive for that. You know, that could be something, and that would have a totally different outcome. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but they they like Fantasia, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, all right. So we had that discussion. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot. Uh, uh, but I think I think it's you know, True Blood operates 
it's it's one of the outgrowths of the of the world that True Blood has given us. You know, it really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Marianne, you know, might be the oldest character they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, she went back to I don't know 800 BC, something like that. I mean, ridiculous. You know, yeah. uh, most shows don't really give you that kind of stuff, and 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 not just. You know, not just these obscure kind of uh, uh, mythical back, you know, background characters like Jacob or something, but you know, really like main characters you spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, who who have lived through you know huge portions of human history, and uh, so I just, I mean, to me, it's just kind of it's just kind of a weird uh, spinoff from from the way the show is. You know. Yeah. We don't usually get we don't usually get characters like that in TV shows. Yeah. I mean, Eric is supposed to have been like a Viking, right? He's a Viking. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Viking is alive, like ah. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody tell the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh man, questions, questions, questions. Yeah, it looks like when Godric says, I, 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 you know, I didn't get to know your Jesus. I didn't get yes. to meet him. I could have. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was alive at the same time. He could have potentially been there and reported exactly what mm-hmm. happened. I mean, that's just amazing. That's the kind of stuff. I that... mean, yeah, somebody could have turned one of Jesus' disciples into a vampire. And he yes. that disciple could be alive and could have <laughs> yes. a firsthand account, literally, of what was going on. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, and that's just. Uh, I think with the Civil War thing, they barely scratch the surface on that because you know that's fairly well recorded in in history. Mm-hmm. You know stuff like you go back that far, and and you're really getting stuff that 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 we don't have. Yeah. And that's just you know. I mean, I know that's sort of beside the point of the of the plot and all that. But wait, I, isn't True Blood a historical drama? <laughs> So I thought I was watching. Really? Yeah, I I don't think it is. I'm waiting for the nude Abraham Lincoln drink sex stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh More man. Four and seven years ago indeed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Talk about the Gettysburg dress, right? <laughs> I love how these are innuendos that make this mean nothing, but in this context it's something. Emancipation wow. Proclamation. Wow, wow. <laughs> He's emancipating something, all right. I bet those of you who started listening to this podcast had no idea we'd end up with Abraham Lincoln's sex jokes. <laughs> I don't think anyone saw that coming. Nobody. At least I hope no one not. saw that. No. <laughs> wow. Wow. We got there, though. And it yeah. made sense if you followed uh-huh. it. If you followed it, yeah, unfortunately. There was a, there was a chain there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> so pipe hat in my ass. <laughs> You're just going to pull out every, every Yeah, I know, everything, right? Porn theater, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we know what's going on there. What? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't think you missed any. 
well, there's John Wilkes Booth, something about okay. his wife, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being from Illinois, and yeah. um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. And being a Republican. Being, yeah, I hit the big one. Party of Lincoln. Yeah. They'll never let you forget it. Mm-mm. Um, all right. Well, anything else with with uh, True Blood we wanna we wanna hit before we wrap it up? Um, I guess we never figured out what nine crimes was. What what oh. the nine crimes? Yeah, that's a good question. What the fuck? That's a weird title. I don't know what True Blood does with their titles. They have some weird ones sometimes. I almost feel like it's some sort of play on Nine Lives, but it's for the were for the werewolves. Oh, okay. Who are committing crimes? I don't really know. I can't really. I can't really. Who is who is committing crimes? Are there nine crimes in the episode or something? Like each character has a crime or something. What are or? what are the crimes? I mean, uh, can you can you name a crime that happened? Well, the, okay, you got you got the magister finding out about the V being sold. Okay, you good, got, good. Uh, something with the werewolves crime there. I don't know. Yeah. They're sort of criminal esque. Uh you got um I guess Franklin you got doing Franklin. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kidnapping. Uh Tommy tried to steal some stuff from Sam. Oh yeah. Uh, that was kinda of the, well, the last episode. That was the last episode, yeah. Yeah, but still. Um He was just trying to steal money, right? I guess so. Was oh, that okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they said at least. Okay. Okay. Uh I don't know if there was nine of anything. That's that's sort of the yeah, yeah, I don't see that. Maybe it is supposed to be some weird reference to Nine Lives. Mm-hmm. Nine Lives, Nine Crimes. I just want to see uh, what the other... Okay, so the first episode was called Bad Blood. I guess that. I guess that makes sense. Second episode, Beautifully Broken. Okay. I don't even remember what that episode is about. And then the third one was It Hurts Me Too. That works. Okay. Those are just very vague, and they just kind of fit in. Nine Crimes seems really specific. It seems like Nine Crimes should refer to something. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's say, like nine to number nine. Yeah. Yeah, not spelled, spelled out. out. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to number something, I mean, it seems like you should have something in mind. Yeah. Oh, maybe Bill uh, getting that stripper at the end. I mean, maybe that's sort of a crime. Okay, okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. That was a weird little bit. Like, they, they mentioned that he used to be a, what do they call it, procurer or something? Is that what the word was? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't ever remember knowing that. I don't either, unless... Is he said that's what he did for the queen? Did, did he say that's what his job was for the queen in particular? Uh, yeah, I think that's what he said. I'm not sure. I mean, and I don't know what that means. I mean, I guess he he sort of helped procure for Lorena, right? I mean, I guess there was a time or two he sort of yeah. saw him get people. I mean, I almost feel like he didn't mean procure in the way that we see him do it. Uh, I, but, you know, I don't know what they mean. 
Yeah, I guess I thought they did mean the way we see him doing it. Like, I guess I thought the idea was, you know, there's certain – I mean, I, I don't even remember seeing this before. This was all news to me, but, you know, I'm not a careful watcher, so maybe I missed it. The idea seemed to be that there's these appointed people to who go out and uh, acquire humans to feed on, and they're called mm-hmm. procurers. I mean, that, that was my takeaway from – yeah, it's either that or or the opposite, uh, which is that he procured stuff for the queen, you know, sort of maybe people, but not specifically people, other things she might need. And I, I kind of thought the king was just sort of being tongue-in-cheek by saying, well, since you're a procurer, why don't you go procure us some dinner? I, 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 I can see it being him just sort of using that phrase as, as you know, in terms of the story that, you know, so either they're telling us that's what a procurer is and they're saying something about vampire mythology or he's just being tongue-in-cheek or something. <laughs> so I don't know which one it is. I guess we'll see, okay. you know. Okay. Yeah. But it's just the way he said it made me think he's just being, you know, he's just being sly by saying, well, why don't you procure some dinner? Because that's kind of how he used it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. It could be that he did that for the queen, but we never, we definitely never saw that, obviously. Yeah. You know, I mean, that there seems to be a need for that. Obviously, the queen had a ton of uh, people to drink from when, when we saw her, her, her mansion or whatever, her palace. She had a ton of people. So, obviously, there's someone who goes to get those people, and obviously, some of those people volunteer or whatever because uh, they like that. Uh, but um, in general, yeah, I, we'll see if that's supposed to be what uh, the term is. Yeah. Uh, do you think Do you think this season ends with Bill and Sookie back together? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh... I guess I guess I'm not 100 percent sure what they're what what exactly they're gonna do with that. I mean, I do think Bill is gonna probably get out of the trouble he's in, but I'm not really sure where that leaves him and Sookie uh, at the end of the season. Um, uh, I I I think uh, we probably agree that at some point um, I don't. I mean, Tara's in trouble right now, but. At some point, uh, presumably she'll get out of trouble and uh, learn uh, what happened with eggs, that Jason shot him, and mm-hmm. possibly other people will find that out as well. I guess Jason's going to be a cop for a while, take the shortcut with Andy, and, you know, that'll that'll go somewhere. But um, uh, once everybody finds out, I know what the end is, will he, will he, be, will he be celebrated as a hero? Or, you know, or will it backfire? Will he stop being a cop? Think the town, I don't think the town – yeah, I could kind of see him becoming a cop and then he, it, it, people find out and then he has to stop being a cop because of that. But they might want him They might want him a cop through next season. I don't know, you know, since they need people on the police force and it, it seems like a good fodder for storyline to have him with Andy. Right. Um, but I, I almost feel like the townspeople aren't going to care that much as much as it's going to be a problem for his relationship with Tara. Okay. And Sookie. Sookie's going to be surprised, too. 
Right. Although I gotta say, she really could just read his mind and find out. But she, you know, she she you know obviously tries not to do that to people. But yeah, yeah. I guess she can control it to a certain extent. I I I remember I used to have the impression it just happened and she couldn't really control it. Mhm. You know. I think she the idea thing is she's she actively tries not to listen. It's it's hard. It's like it's like um you know her default is for that power to be on and active, but she has to actively and willfully not hear people's thoughts. But, you know, the way it comes off, you know, especially recently, it just seems like she's not trying to not listen to people. So it seems like it's just sort of off all the time. But but I really think the idea is she's, you know, that was the whole reason she, she liked Bill was because she didn't have to try to not listen around him. She just didn't hear anything. She could just right. let go and not hear anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the idea. Um Yeah, okay. Well, I think uh I think that's all I have. All righty. Well, um we'll be back with uh some more True Blood episodes, I'm sure in the future at some point. Um uh this season is pretty crazy, a lot of cool stuff going on. Um yeah, at this point, it's really hard to, to see where, exactly where all the storylines are going, but uh, going someplace fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll probably they'll probably throw in a twist or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I'm just guessing. Yeah, well, that's a crazy guess. <laughs> totally out of left field. <laughs> a twist on a TV show? Whoa. <laughs> I'm calling Hollywood right now. <laughs> You know what you guys should try? Twist. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hopefully this was uh, fun for you to listen to, and hopefully you've seen True Blood and you weren't totally spoiled by everything. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Even if you were, it's still worth watching, so you now can go back and yeah. see the stuff that you were spoiled on. Yeah, I mean, we may have spoiled some of the plot, but as usual with most TV shows, I mean, the plot is is one level, but, you know, it's worth watching for a lot of other reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Abraham Lincoln sex scenes. Exactly. <laughs> See, now there's sex scenes. First thing he's sex scenes, and now, now he's actually having sex with people. So. <laughs> you know, the founding father orgy scene, right? Right, right. Okay, uh, Wow. Yeah. Wow. You were already like a virging on American <laughs> blasphemy and now you brought in a sounding father. <laughs> wow, American blasphemy blasphemy. I like that title. Yep. Could be the title of some some album or something. Oh, I guess it yeah, kinda of sounds like that. Yeah. Green Day, where are you? I'd <laughs> be all over that one, right? Yeah, you're right. Let's so them. Yeah. Um yeah, I know I totally I'm totally desecrating the memory of the founding fathers. Yeah. But uh, the tea partiers do it every day, so I figured oh, I could Oh, oh. <laughs> and with that we're out. <laughs> All right guys, see you later. Bye. <laughs>